Hello and welcome under the Kotatsu. I'm your host, Austin, joined as always by Danielle. Hey, nerds. And Danny. Damn it. I, I almost did a bit, even though <laughs> I just got done saying we don't do bits. Uh, hi. <laughs> I was going to say, actually, my, my name is Despair. <laughs> and, I, and I'm joined by old Danny, who, <laughs> thanks to being a clone of big Danny, <laughs> has become old. Oh, no. I'm so decrepit. Uh, that's for all the Metal Gear heads mm. out there. Um, <laughs> continuing our trend of last time of wanting to talk desperately about Metal Gear instead of uh, Kanan, but here we are talking about Kanan. But before we do that, we should go around the uh, proverbial table. I'm now imagining us in uh, uh, the, <laughs> again, refusing to not talk about Metal Gear. Uh, I'm imagining us in the like uh, air carrier they're in in MGS4. Mm. We're all like sitting i've i've made the worst plate of eggs for each of you enjoy uh <laughs> and while i do that i am uh drinking a pumpkin ale because it is the fall and that's what you do you drink spiced beers uh danny what are you drinking i'm gonna be spending the next two hours trying to find a way not to eat your eggs uh but while i'm doing that <laughs> i was gonna say oh i'm drinking a shirley temple but i just finished my shirley temple uh so right now i'm not drinking anything and whenever we take a break i'll probably get some water um you know, last time, I think it was last time we talked, or uh, we did this, uh, I, ha- I I had like a cafe latte or something like that, like a canned latte, and I said like, oh, you know, they always say don't have milky drinks when you record. Uh, they also say don't have carbonated drinks when you record, so apparently I'm just bursting through these, but uh, but yeah, uh, I'll soon have water. <laughs> I couldn't remember if Shirley Temple was still alive. I had to look that up. Uh, no. She, while you she's were talking dead. yeah she's yeah. dead she's but like like but recently not, like within the last yeah, 10 years yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so but i was like how's she doing uh answer is not well or well depending on how you look at many things um danielle what are you drinking i just have water i've already had my caffeine for the day same as well uh all right uh well we have finished canaan we watched episodes 8 through 13 of said show uh i guess we should do a quick Quick vibe check now that we've finished where, where everyone is at. Um, I will be honest. I finished this six days ago as of time we are recording. So I have had time to uh, shed the weight that was finishing Kanan in a weekend. Uh, so I'm free. Uh, I'm feeling good. Um, but uh, <laughs> how, are, how are y'all feeling? It's still a mess and not the particularly interesting one. <laughs> Yeah, I would I would agree with that. Um, I think more than anything, I felt confusion. Um, part of that comes from uh, we can talk about it more later about us being incorrect about where this sits in the context of like four twenty eight should be a sh- uh, scramble. Um, but also just I don't know, just like I, I kept being like, wait, why is this happening now? Um, and only part of that was from the. Uh, uh, like the CIA plot and all all the other like political intrigue where you kept getting lady talking to the president like she's Ocelot from uh, MGS or something like that. It was just like very confusing and character motivations kept flying all over the place. Uh, it was like, oh, this shadow organization is this shadow organization's enemy, but then this person's working with that person. And it's like, okay, why is this happening now? Why is Long Chi being like absolutely tortured to death in front of me? Like, what's going on? Uh, so, 
I don't know. I, I was not having a great time. Uh, I will say by the end, I increased the speed on the playback a little bit, uh, which helped, um, but not enough to uh, to save it. Um, but yeah. Uh, Did you uh, increase the speed every time uh, Yangchi says uh, Naysama? <laughs> like going at like 10 times speed. By I'm the kind end. of frustrated by the Naysama thing because... You know, there's a lot of fun ways you can translate that into like a dub performance, like saying like mm-hmm. "my lord sister" or 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 whatever. She just says "sister," and I'm like, eh. Yeah. Whereas Cummings, uh, frequently says like "honorable Alfart" and like shit like that. Like, it's <laughs> like he's doing it, but Liang Chi is just like going dicko mode. And then several times there were points where, and we'll talk about it more, where I got like confused because they cut from Dong Chi in a helicopter to Alfard and uh, Cummings in a different helicopter. But it was very, I didn't notice that, that there were two different helicopters. And I was like, wait, are they together or not? And they weren't. Um, anyway, we'll get into all that. Yeah, many parts of this show, uh, maybe it was never together in the first place, but extremely fall apart at the end. And one of them is just like the editing just becomes like awful, like atrocious, just like genuinely hard to tell the like, like spatial sequence of events (laughs) by the way it's edited. I have like one particular note that uh, I noted in in my notes that we'll talk about. But yeah, you talk about the helicopter. It's like, oh, yeah, right. I remember that, too. Just being like, why is this? Why is this cut? Yeah, because then like Liang Chi go like flies away. But then like, I guess off off and and Alphard is supposed to be in a different helicopter. But then Kanan is under a bunch of rubble and then Alphard is there. I'm like, oh, I guess she just rocked up and no one noticed. I I have no idea what's going on with that. But (laughs) yeah, that and also the show doesn't take place on the planet Earth uh, because geometry doesn't (laughs) or uh, not geometry, geography doesn't work the way it should but we'll talk about that as well um all right well uh we should uh get into it then uh i joked before we started recording that reading these episode descriptions is going to be like uh, alan wake reading manuscript pages because i like i'm like what even happened in the show? Uh, I'm, in the, I'm in the dark place they're making me watch canaan i gotta get out uh all right episode eight is called voice uh, Kanan wakes up in the hospital with light wounds, and also she's lost her synesthesia powers. Meanwhile, Alfard talked to the president, or sorry, the vice president of the United States over the phone, uh, commending the U.S. for their neoconservative reaction to the terrorist threat uh, and convincing the vice president that their goals align. Uh, what is Alfard's stated goal uh, for the quote arms business known as the terror on war to continue until the end of time and literally quote. metal gear solid shit like i'm so glad we're talking about this with yes. mgs4 specifically <laughs> uh but also uh this is a uh insert uh now that i finished the show because i wrote this before i finished the show uh none of that matters anyway um immediately after getting off the phone with the vice president she turns to cummings and says lol that's not my real goal without elaborating further uh, Minora continues his investigation into the village that disappeared, uh, which, now that I finished the show, they never named this goddamn village. <laughs> I fucking hate the show. <laughs> um, uh, while, uh, they, he continues to investigate the village while Mario and Kanan uh, end up at a Nene concert uh, where they run into our favorite uh, taxi driver slash Nene fan. Um, Hako shows up uh, using her Black Bolt voice powers to ruin the concert. Minoru, once again, for like the fourth time, goes to the Hawaiian shirt guy at the bar uh, asking for answers about Hako in the village. Uh, Hako returns and the Hawaiian shirt guy says that she wants them uh, or she wants to take Minoru along with uh, Kanan and Maria to the village. 
Um, you know what that means. It's road trip time. Uh, it takes literally no time for the vibes to turn rancid as Hako tries to choke Kanan in her sleep. Uh, after Kanan fends her off, Hako runs off and uh, Kanan gives chase. Uh, Kanan tries to understand Hako's intention, but can't without her Sinistite powers. Uh, Hako mouths to her, it's your fault, and then walks away. Uh, the next day, they hit the road, and of course, they just so happen to run across Union, who's traveling the same uh, remote desert road by bicycle. Uh, also in this episode, Alfart, uh, uh, I said, hey. <laughs> I tried to not say Alfart, <laughs> you got me. Uh, Alfart, uh, empties an entire magazine clip into a table, uh, when she sees a mosquito. Uh, it's just a thing that happens in this episode. <laughs> so yeah, uh, you know, uh, the, a corrupt neoconservative government aligning with the terrorist for the, the profit of war, I guess. That plotline literally gets dropped after this. Yeah, episode. what the fuck? Never comes up again. <laughs> I, I don't get it. I will say that from what I read in the like plot description for 428 should be your scramble, that is a bit more elaborated there, um, but not like in a way that connects to here. It's just like, oh, they've done this before kind of thing, except they kind of haven't. I don't know. It's hard to describe, but because um, I don't want to like spoil it. Uh, for for danielle or or myself yeah i'm still i guess i'll despite this show i'm still interested in reading the visual novel because i oh from the snippets i've seen of the the visual novel i'm like this looks cool as fuck like i'm here for it and the whole like production behind it of like yeah let's just fucking do this shit in public when we're not allowed to to let's let's have the assets for the game yeah let's have staffers get arrested so that they can block the police from stopping us from uh uh, taking photos and videos in like Shibuya, uh, the Shibuya Scramble specifically. It, it is it is very fun uh, production wise that that happened. Well, also to be, to be fair, real quick, uh, people still talk about that video game. <laughs> no one but us is talking about the show. <laughs> oh, sure. <laughs> like I think like that tells you all you need to know yeah. about like there has to be some value to the game because people still talk about it. Nobody talks about the show, and there there's a reason for that. I mean, I did pick the show because people were talking about it in comparison to Licorice Recoil. And uh, I kind of get why they do it, because, like, the show definitely has, like, an edge to it that Licorice didn't. Because in that, you have, like, oh, look, we have um, all these, like, uh, teenage girls being government assassins, and we're not going to discuss anything about that. The show attempts to fucking say something but i i don't know what the fuck it's saying i don't think so i think this show wants to posture that it has something to say but ultimately it has nothing to say is, is my ultimate read on it i don't think there's any intent to try to like say something meaningful yeah, with this. Okay. like you were describing licorice recoil there and i thought for a second you were talking about this show because it's like equally true of like like oh you've got these assassins and terrorists but there's no actual like real material meaning behind them being those things other than just to give like some sort of seriousness and edginess to the uh to the yeah and i'm not just trying to fall into the well of kojima here like it's it it just coincidentally (laughs) is very apt in that these same kinds of conversations occur in the metal gear series especially like two and four um but there it really is saying something about like the war economy and like how soldiers are used in battles and and stuff like that. 
Here, it's it's literally just like, well, I'm glad that the arms race under the guise of the war on terror continues forever. It's like Neil Breen like level writing. Yes. Um, like, isn't that corrupt? The vice president is absolutely guy who would shoot himself at the end of a Neil Breen. Movie. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. And like they keep having uh, her name's Yuri, the the handler woman. She keeps like calling people and are like, well, according to this sh- like resolution if you let do this we're gonna do this trade and like to like try to like sweep things under the rug and it's like partly i feel like it's just there to hand wave away why these things could happen without like a global upset happening here we i I was a little excited because they're talking about like oh the like the chinese government has found out like realized that the u.s dropped a bomb on on shanghai and are going to like potentially remove their like foreign investments or, or whatever their treasury bonds or whatever uh it's like ah finally the collapse of the global economy thank god and then they kind of like scooch past that uh by like blaming it on terrorists or something like that because you know terrorists they have uh b2 bombers and, and shit but um anyway i feel like we're we're we're, we're kind of going away from this episode uh was anyone else confused by how Minoru was calling up uh, uh, Maria's dad, Mario's dad, at the beginning of the episode? No, my head just kind of went to static whenever Minoru was talking. <laughs> I was confused at first. Um, eventually, it's revealed that he got her like the phone number from from her. Uh, but apparently, in four two eight, like they have had conversations before, so it makes sense. Uh, but he just kind of like shows up. Uh, to be like, aha, they're they're bringing in the antivirus, so the Uwe virus is not going to decimate Shanghai. Uh, so that's that. Turns out that uh, Kanan went just too far into the Matrix and got really exhausted, and now she has no synesthesia, which I was kind of excited for. I was like, hey, this is like Spider-Man 2, you know? She's not super-powered, but then it just kind of, like, falls away. <laughs> like, it doesn't really matter. Yeah, l- literally zero character growth happens, and she gets her <laughs> powers back. It's, like, the opposite of Spider-Man Yes. <laughs> like, n- no lessons are learned. Time to be Spider-Man again. Yeah, and then uh, Hako goes to a concert, and I guess just forgets that she's a walking psychic weapon as she's, like, singing along. No reason why. Yeah, I didn't know if that... If that was like, a, I'm so wrapped up in the concert or I'm going to purposely like ruin everybody's vibe by, <laughs> by singing along. I do uh, like the idea that that idol is so fucking good that it's like, I forget that I would kill everyone here if I spoke. I'm just going <laughs> to sing along. God, what, the, what the fuck is the Hako's role in the show? Like, uh, what the fuck? To, to die. Uh, y- <laughs> I guess we'll get into it later, but god to kill I... someone in the funniest way possible it, like literally like slapstick level comedy of like uh immediately falling for like every trap that leong chi has put together like object permanence of a child <laughs> level of 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 uh, agency yeah she like falls for a heath ledger joker trap like twice in a row <laughs> and then and then the last thing we see her do is like I, I'm not even gonna say it until we get to it because Jesus fucking Christ, why does, why does Mario Kata hate women so much? I don't fucking God no. does. I don't I don't get why people like her so much. I don't get it. Her, her newer stuff has to be much better. Uh, I've seen one show of her she's done in the last like four or five years, and that one was good. So maybe she's just gotten over some shit recently, and it's the newer stuff that people really really like. I don't know, but. Or maybe the, the the worst answer is just many people hate women and therefore <laughs> like Mario Kata's <laughs> works. Um, 
this uh there's a line in this episode that i love uh because i'm i, I love when a show says a thing and it's like damn i've been saying that this whole time um because like maria and kanan are talking like after they they start their road trip out to Kashmir. um where she goes, she's talking about herself and says, blah, 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 blah. Um, but I, I found out that I'm empty inside. And like, girl, I've been saying that for the past seven episodes. There's nothing going on with you. Uh, but it's just very funny to hear a character say that. Like, obviously, they don't mean it that way. But it's like, wow, Mario Kata, you're so true. You've, you've written the most empty-headed main character imaginable. Um, truly doesn't get, get shit to do for the rest of the show, by the which, way. Which character do you say says that? Oh, that's Mario. Oh, okay, Mario says it. Okay, yeah. Uh, yeah. But could have been many other characters yeah, yeah. in the show. It's like, hey, tur- turns out I'm empty. There's nothing going on with me. I'm just here. I'm just here to die in an episode <laughs> too. Uh, I say as I look at a screenshot of um, Carlos Santana. Mm. I I have uh, a Maria quote uh, as well. Uh, she says, like when they stop uh, for the for the night. I think uh, she says, "We haven't seen any stars all along the way." And I'm like, yeah, it was daytime. Like, you were driving in the daytime. What what do you mean? <laughs> I was so confused. <laughs> also, they were like pulled up to a building and uh Carlos Santana says, um, uh, oh, let's like let's stop here, rest for the night, we can get a shower. But apparently he met sleep in the car. I was like, wait, did you why would you just park there specific whatever? Uh very bizarre segment. All of this was very bizarre. It felt like this was like trying to basically wrap up everything that happened in seven, because like episode seven, it's like, oh, we bomb Shanghai. And it's like, ah, we got to get them out of there. We got to get them somewhere else because they're, we got to wrap up the plot thread and get them to the, to the final destination kind of thing. Were y'all in the same headspace I was, which is like, oh yeah, we're, we're definitely not going back to Shanghai after, after they left. It's like the rest of the show was just happening elsewhere. Oh, I figured. Yeah. Cause they're like, oh, we're going to go to the factory. Ooh, the factory. I'm like, okay, this is going to be like the final, the showdown or whatever. And it's not, which is very bizarre. It, it, feels like it's the final showdown like they literally blow it up on the way out but then there's just another part but it's like okay yeah we've got to have a like uh uh railway shootout scene like it's a fucking spaghetti western before the before the series is so stupid (laughs) i did think of uh ghost in the shell uh because kanan is like really fucked up about not having her synesthesia uh and and i'm like damn the major would say that uh kanan over specialized into extinction mm. it's like why they have uh yeah. the the non-augmented guy uh subasa no i was gonna i was just gonna say as you brought up ghost in the shell that's that's what maria should be like is not like uh like oh i'm so head empty i can't keep up with kanan because she's so smart and has her synesthesia powers like subasa is a guy that can get shit done he just doesn't have like like cyber strength like the major has or whatever um like would like that dichotomy more of like oh they're both like capable but kanan's just more capable by virtue of the synesthesia stuff and said mario just gets to do nothing so kanan could do all the heavy lifting in the well and and so i was gonna leave it to the end but i'll bring it up now just because we're talking about maria and her role in the life in in the world um i was thinking the whole time because they brought up like oh maria had the virus in her um which again goes back to the to the game um like the whole thing i guess so i was like okay they're gonna bring that up like because everyone else who's been infected with the virus has like superpowers of some sort other than uh union because she's you know just there hey she's got a second okay that's a kind of true uh she could have appendicitis twice but 
Um. <laughs> yeah, it's like, not to boring nitpick the show that doesn't make any fucking sense in all kinds of ways, but like, oh wow, she's got a double of an organ that you most people get removed. Yeah. <laughs> Just get it removed so that she doesn't have to like deal with the side effects or whatever. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, you don't need the medicine anymore. Just get the, get the second appendix out of you. But, um... I was thinking that, like, because they talk about, like, you, you're you the one who's going to bring out Kanan's true power and da-da-da-da-da. I was like, oh, okay, there's going to be some sort of reveal that she holds, like, the Gigavirus and, like, whatever. Nope. None of that matters. Absolutely a, a, a chump uh, idea that I had. Yeah, congratulations. You thought harder about where to take the conclusion of the show than Mario Kanan. No, yeah. Instead, she has a very mid-photo exhibition. It's like, oh, good. <laughs> God, <laughs> it's like she's like a fucking show. reporter for a fucking tabloid. Oh, photo ex- photo exhibition. What the fuck? <laughs> we'll talk about it. You could pinpoint the exact moment where the writing process, uh, in the writing process, where Mario Kata went, "Fuck, she doesn't have a character arc." <laughs> it has to invent one. Be like, ah, uh, right, she's into photos. I forgot we did that in episode <laughs> one. Um, anyway, uh, I'll say one nice thing about this episode that's not uh, the taxi driver showing up because he's uh, the highlight of the show. Um, I love that we, we or maybe just me specifically, whenever we watch a bad show, just latch onto the goofiest mm-hmm. little characters. It's like, oh, I love the taxi guy. Or, uh, was it Pants in uh, oh, yeah. uh, Eden of the great. East? Uh, who's just like fucking little weird guys. Like, yeah, more of those in, in shows. Um but I like, uh, there's like a flashback to, uh, of like Hakko's having a flashback of when she, I guess, like first realizes she's got Black Bolt voice destruction powers. Um, and uh, she like kills a kid or whatever and doesn't realize that's what she's doing until it happens. And, like his head explodes. Um, and we get a cut to like her, because uh, when the flashback starts, she's like in the bar drinking. She, I thought she was drinking tea, but then... Santana, Carlos Santana, uh, uh, comments on that she's drinking, like, oh, drinking whiskey again or whatever. I'm like, she's drinking whiskey out of, like, a coffee mm-hmm. cup, but whatever. But she looks and she's looking into her coffee cup at the start of the flashback, and then when she looks into it at the end of the flashback, she sees, like, blood on her face, which is obviously not there in the moment, but, like, there in the flashback. And I'm like, oh, that's yeah, a cool like little that. visual thing. I'll give him credit for that. Um, but that's it. That's my one positive for this episode. Um, and I, at the time, I guess it was a positive of like, oh, hey, we're finally maybe doing something with the whole terrorism, war on terror stuff in this with the you know, like, ah, we're, we're going to perpetuate the war on terror for the um, sake of profit. Uh, but that, again, literally never comes up again <laughs> in the next five episodes. Um, and then also unions here. I thought that was really stupid. <laughs> at the end of the episode where they run into her and she's biking her way to the village and somehow got ahead of her. You'd think they would have ran into her on the first day, but I guess she can Also, wasn't the show, like, implying that she was going to die? And they're like, ah, well, she's still here. Well, I'm I'm here for I want her here. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) But yeah, Uh, she does say, like, oh, I was was basically going to my home to die. Yeah, she's like, if I'm going to die, I'm going to go back home and die there. It's like, all right, but also... I don't know, maybe, maybe did nobody go, hey, does Union want to come with us? <laughs> We're all going to road trip anyway. I, I liked I liked her whole thing with that. I mean, we're, we're, gonna, we're basically talking about episode nine. Yeah, yeah do you want me to just uh, get into yeah, episode nine? Yeah, we basically smoked out episode eight. Because that's, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I got one voice actor before we move on. Uh, Nene the Idol uh, that crops up is voiced by Aihi Takagi, um, who is Kuro in Blue Exorcist. That's the cat. Um, 
uh, Yukine Chris in Symphogear, uh, Rika Shinozaki in Sword Art Online, and then I'm watching the show right now, so this was fun. Uh, she has Felt Grace in Gundam 00. That uh, brings us to episode nine, which is called Past Flower. Um, I think there's not a single episode of this, na- uh, this the show that's named well, except for maybe the first episode, which is called Red Shanghai. I don't think that's a bad episode for like what happens in that one, but everything else, awful. I think in the dub, they, they called it like Flowers of the Past. It's a little mm-hmm. better still. Given that we, I think, maybe just learned that Unbloom is like the terminology for, oh, their flower is never going to bloom. Or whatever. You mean you didn't read the uh, superfluous terminology section of the Wikipedia page? Oh, no, I know what you're talking about, but no. <laughs> uh, to be fair, we learned that in this episode. Someone says Unbloom for the first time in episode 8, and then uh, we get an explanation in episode 9. Because this show loves to just either introduce things and not name them, or name them and not explain them <laughs> in the same episode. Because uh, that's writing. Um, Alright, episode 9, Past Flower. Uh, the uh, let's go see the village that disappeared crew uh, picks up Union, who also wants to see the village that disappeared, because if she's going to die, um, she's going to do it in her hometown. They run into a random guy. I forgot this happened. They run into a <laughs> random guy in an armadillo mask who starts shooting them with an assault rifle. Uh, Kanan tries to shoot back, but because she no longer has her synesthesia powers, she shoots like the guy from Malibu Express. <laughs> uh, this is a reference for three people and two of them are me and Danny. Um Hako uses her Black Bolt voice power to get everyone to stand down, um, asking that they don't kill the Armadillo Man. Um, but uh, Lamau, he dies anyway from the Ua virus. Uh, Hawaiian Shirt Man, whose name finally gets said in this episode, it's Santana. That's why I was calling him Carlos Santana. Um, Santana explains that the guy was an unbloom, then proceeds to not explain what that means. Okay, I guess that's in this episode. <laughs> um, eventually, they make their way to the village. Um, which seems like way too short of a drive from Shanghai to me. Uh, more on that later. Uh, as they look around, Santana um, uh, is uh, uh, explaining that the CIA, uh, which he worked for at the time, uh, intentionally exposed the population of this village um, to the Uva virus uh, to see if people would develop superpowers or whatever. Those who did are the Borners, uh, as we already know, and then those who did not are the Unbloom, and also everybody else died, so I guess it's the third type of people. Um, Also, the CIA did this by working with Snake. Uh, Again, not the one from Metal Gear Solid. Uh, Anyways, uh, that's too much plot, so it's time for Liangchi and Alphard to show up in helicopters and have a helicopter showdown. Uh, Eventually, Cummings tries to kill Alphard because she's about to kill Liangchi. But what a twist. Alphard replaces his gun with a BB gun. Uh, Now she's going to kill him. But wait, her gun is also a BB gun. She's actually going to keep him alive because reasons. Um, anyway, Liang Chi just decides to fly away and the helicopter fight unceremoniously ends. Um, then there's a standoff between Alphard and Kanan, uh, where they say some shit, but none of it really matters. Uh, then Alphard tells Santana, uh, that they actually want the same thing, so it'd be dumb to kill her, and then she walks away. Uh, also Kanan now has her synesthesia back powers, uh, powers back, because whatever, doesn't matter. I was so confused at the beginning of this episode. I was like, is Kanan, like, blind? Like, she's like, I can't, I can't shoot the guy. I don't have, I can't see colors. And I'm like, what? You see, you, you still know that he's a danger. It's this, it's these damn VR missions. They're not training real mm. soldiers anymore. <laughs> they, don't, they don't know how to shoot guns for real. 
Uh, it's only when they're connected to the system. Her, her nano machines were turned off for a little bit. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I did find that extremely funny that she just can't shoot for shit <laughs> without her synesthesia. It's so stupid. Yeah, because the only explanation we really get about how her synesthesia powers work is that she can like sense like emotions and intent by like colored auras that she sees around people. What about that makes her a better shot? Like, I don't, I, I guess you aim at the color. It's easier to aim at a single color than, than at multiple. Um, I don't know, but very funny to just see her trying to be, because, like, she's doing all the, the, the gun kind of poses and stuff, but she's, like, missing every shot by, like, a mile. Well, it's the same, I mean, both her synesthesia thing and Hako's, like, mag- black bolt powers, like, both of them are just convenient for whatever they need them to be. You know, Hako singing multiple lines of a song causes mm. people to go, ooh, ouchie, it feels like I have a hangover still. Whereas uh, later, uh, Hako says, like, oh, you're going to regret being born. And that's enough to make uh, Santana's head explode. Um, it, 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 or with the synesthesia, it either makes you able to tell someone's true intent or helps you aim or later helps you see someone speaking, which even though the way that her voice damages you is through airwaves. Apparently just knowing her vibe is also bad. Figure that one out. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. A lot in the show that if you try to think about it too hard, it'll uh, melt your brain like Hako's voice powers would. But none of that's important because Santana uh, apparently was on board with unleashing a virus on this village until he, until saw, he saw how sad it made yeah people. he was like oh shit that was a bad idea oh fuck are we the baddies like he, it's like what and he keeps going like i got everyone keeps saying i gotta atone for my sins i'm like dude you killed hundreds of people fuck you well also remember it wasn't but like four episodes ago that he's like at the diner with yuri and he's like fuck amending my pass i'm gonna run this karaoke bar with my uh girlfriend who can't talk and then he suddenly has a change of heart because terrorism happens. That he is kind of directly responsible for, if you get down to it, I guess. Yeah, but it's fine because he's going to die before he um, has like a full and complete character arc anyway, so it doesn't matter. Mm, true. <laughs> also, extremely funny, I said in my description that his name finally gets said in this episode. It's not even him that says it. Or like someone talking to him. Someone's like indirectly talking about him. Um, I think it's... Um, I think it might be Yuri talking, like doing voiceover or something. Um, Someone's talking and the the line I have is like, and because Santana and I felt the same way. And it's like, he's not even in the scene. (laughs) Like someone's talking about him and they finally use his name. Um, I also did know his name was that before because um, I think there's a sign outside of the karaoke bar that does say like Santana. Mm. I don't know if that's like the name of the bar or it's like, Come to the karaoke bar run by Santana. Um, but you see his name before someone ever. I would have it. assumed like, oh, they they play Carlos Santana music there. Yeah. This this game or this game. Uh <laughs> this show needs what uh video games have, uh, like Metal Gear Solid. It's just like the first time that Santana is in a scene, just put like a like a character card on the screen. You know, if you're if you're not if you're gonna go out of your way to not have characters say their names, just like put a put a title on the screen so I know who the fuck I need to like refer to when I'm talking or thinking about the show. It's extremely frustrating to me that it's what, nine episodes in that we finally 
have someone say his name out loud. I'm not gonna lie, I didn't know his name was Carlos Santana until we got here today. Well, what, yeah, I mean, it's easy well, to miss, because like I said, it's just the we one We gotta take line. a step back. Carlos is not his first name, right? Oh, yeah, it's oh, just, okay, no, okay. his name is not actually <laughs> Carlos Santana, it's just Santana. Like, that's, that's not a JoJo's character. JoJo would do that, but uh, this show's not brave enough. Yeah. So we find out that Snake was formed to research the boners, and it's the organization that Santana and the other lady are in want to expose the CIA, I think? Yeah, so so Snake was my understanding is Snake was already a terrorist organization that the CIA decided to work with in order to like hide the fact that they were doing the Uwe like, biological stuff. weapons testing. Yeah. yeah. Um and then that all happened and now the CIA is like trying to clean it up. Um which is what Yuri is secretly doing. But Yuri or Santana uh is trying to and thinks Yuri is trying to like um, basically like whistleblow for everything that they were involved with. Whereas Yuri is actually just trying to cover things up for the CIA so she can win like political favor, I guess. Mm -hmm. And Snake, I think, is Kanan, Siam, and Alfard were in together. Yes. Yeah. Because, uh, and the reason, oh, and I don't, this is never said in the um, show, uh, but like what you just described, I believe is why uh, Siam is killed. Like, like oh. the whole like oh we got to cover everything up. I believe that that's why that uh, Siam is killed. Okay. So if we're ever curious that... why that happened, that that's from the Kanan like route. That's like like, like I said like early like on on off mic, where it's like the only part that comes from that is like the Siam stuff. I think that's where it comes into it. Gotcha. So in case we're ever wondering like wait why is like because because it comes up a lot by the end of like the ghost of Siam is haunting me. Uh, it's specifically that. Uh, okay. Yeah. Because literally, we don't know anything about Siam just from the show, other than he like raised slash trained both Kanan and Alfard, who was also Kanan, and that he was in Snake. But that's it. But also, they kind of depict him as like he's like like kind of like a wandering gun for hire and less of like a organizational type guy. It's very confusing, um, but not not that it matters. And. On the subject of like multiple Kanans, uh, we do get a lot of discussion of like, oh, there's only like there's only one Kanan kind of thing, and which made me think of I think it's the boss that says it, where it's like there's only the world's only big enough for one mm. snake or or one boss or one Kanan or whatever. Uh, but we do find out that Kanan's real name is Despair, which at this point I was like, wait, is that actually her real name? Like that can't that can't be. <laughs> it's not. I don't think. I think it's like. Yeah. I think uh, it's just like a, like Siam's like, oh, I'm going to name you after what you really are. Right. Despair, solitude, fart. Uh. Despair snake. Also, the way that Santana describes the whole CIA village thing confused me, mm -hmm. where he's like, um, we, we knew that there was going to be an outbreak here anyway, so we just like hastened it along to test out our antivirals, I think? I think he says that. I might have misunderstood or something. There was definitely some sort of line of like why this particular village. I want to say in the in the subs it, uh, that I watched, it was like along the lines of like um, no one would question why a virus outbreak would happen here for one reason or another. Oh, maybe that was it. Uh, that's why they chose it. And like they're like, oh, you know, it's in the middle of nowhere. It's, you know, so we're going to pretend to be the CDC. And wait a minute, this kills people. I hate yeah. this organization. <laughs> 
Especially after I find my busty girlfriend carrying a dead child. <laughs> God. Uh, there's the big thing at the end of this episode, I guess, uh, to talk about. But before that, I've got one little thing, which is <laughs> Leong Chi shows up early on in this episode. She's in like a black void. <laughs> yes. Like, worshipping a worshiping a cell phone or like a radio mm -hmm. and then has the amazing series of lines of one plus one is two five plus six is eleven me plus Nesama is and then doesn't finish it and then like turns to the camera and unloads her gun and says shut up <laughs> we need to stop mario kata from from writing we need to stop her it's also yeah just awful awful stuff going towards like the the editing being a nightmare we know from because we've seen the scene with between cummings and and uh alfard like uh alfard saying like oh yeah we gotta go kill we gotta kill young chi uh which i i was confused about at first because i was like i remember her saying like oh you know leave her to the wolves because she got too emotional i thought that she meant like you know she'll find her way out of here or she won't and then we'll reconvene but apparently she meant like no i went killer um which mm -hmm. cummings was also confused by that so i'm like oh at least i'm not the only one um but we know that she wants to kill her there's no reason that uh because in that scene, the the Nesama equation, like, uh, Leong Chi is also like, oh, she wants to kill me? Oh, like, I can't believe it, whatever. It's like, wait, how do you know that? Have they tried? D why didn't we get to see that? But whatever. Uh, oh, also, uh, a little thing. We also find out that uh, everyone's boner medication is unique. Like, for each boner, there is a unique medicine. And that's that's why Union, like... Because they're like, oh, why don't we just give you this medicine, Yudyun? And she's like, no, it has to be for me, kind of thing. So, mm -hmm. it, relevant for later, uh, in like in the Hako's last episode, that, that's important. To each boner their own boner pills, mm. is what you're saying. Exactly. It's the, What's the communist thing? Like, from each their ability to each their yeah, need? Yeah, that's what I was trying to remember. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, but with borners. Mm. And then, yeah, we get... Um, uh, I don't think they're hind D's, but in my notes, I just have hind D. <laughs> we get a helicopter showdown between um, Liang Chi and Alphard. I can't remember who shows up first, but someone shows up in a helicopter first to like, it's probably Liang Chi to like attack Kanan and the rest. Right. And then Alphard shows up and it's in her own helicopter and it's like, haha, <laughs> we duel. Well, yeah. Yeah. So Liang Chi shoots missiles that causes the collapse from the, the, the building that Kanan is like trapped right. in. And then it cuts to Alphard shooting a machine gun in apparently a different helicopter. It is unclear if she is firing at the helicopter or at the ground. Yeah, you do. They do eventually do like a shot of um, Liang Chi's helicopter being fired at mm -hmm. by uh, Alphard. Um, but yeah, it is. It is like because they're the exact same type of helicopter uh, and everything. Um, which I thought, like, oh, okay, this is going to be sick. Like, a helicopter duel. Like, I literally, my notes are literally, a hind D? Oh, sick, helicopter duel. Oh, my God, this sucks. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, just set up for disappointment. Not even um, the worst helicopter shit in the series, too. It's the no, part. yeah. Um, oh, my God. <laughs> I forgot that the, the train fight has oh, to yeah. become a I helicopter Oh, yeah, I was like, what are you talking about? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> before going back to being a train fight. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, anyway, um... So you think it's going to be cool, but after about 15 seconds of helicopter fight, you get like a three-minute scene of um, Alphard 
uh, and uh, Cummings having like a stare down inside of their own helicopter um, for because oh Cummings doesn't want to kill Liang Chi and Alfard literally can't commit to fucking anything just kill this dude <laughs> like any last words she's so capable Love. yeah I don't understand like I I get it a little bit from like a storytelling perspective but I don't understand why like Alfar doesn't just kill Cummings kill uh Liang Chi and then kill Kanan like she has every opportunity to do all three of those things and very little reasons to not do them uh whatever i guess a story has to happen i thought up to this point cummings being in like a dom relationship or i guess he's the sub with uh leong chi was just like for goofs but now it's like plot mm-hmm. relevant it's like i don't know she's the only one who can shoot bbs at me as i jerk off or whatever it's like wait that you're gonna betray all fart for this <laughs> and then all fart shoots him with a bb it's like come on i was i was so it was like just kill this fucker what are you doing <laughs> why are we shooting bbs again it's okay. He needs a happy ending becoming a monk. God. <laughs> uh, and then you think like, all right, well, time to the, for the helicopter fight to resume now that this coming shit is wrapped up. But no, Liangchi just decides to like fly away. <laughs> like for no reason. It's not like a, oh shit, my, uh, like, my navigation system's down. I got to get out of here before, before I really get screwed. It's like, no, she just flies away. Mm-hmm. It's like a, like end of like a, oh, um, wacky races episode like dick dastly being i'll get you again yeah. <laughs> and speeds off into the distance yeah well and i i do like that uh i like that they don't show Alfard getting off of the uh helicopter she just appears in the building later um yeah. which leads to the best dialogue i think in any series uh where she's like oh you have like kanan on the ground is like oh you have such a unique color and Alfard's like oh you have your synesthesia back, which also there's no reason that she knew that she didn't have her synesthesia. Like that wasn't like in the news anyway. Hmm. And Alfard says, tell me, like, tell me the color that I appear as to which Kanan says, I won't. And Alfard says, yes, you will. And Kanan says, light brown. It's like, oh, okay. <laughs> tell me. No. Yes. Okay. Very goofy. Also just light brown of all colors is like very funny. To me. <laughs> you you seem kind of tan. Yeah. You're getting sun. You look, you look like shit. <laughs> <laughs> Same as our mentor, Siam, uh, 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 <laughs> Akiotsuka. <laughs> you shitty, shitty man. Well, speaking of the man, uh, Santana is voiced by uh, Hiroki Hirata. Uh, I immediately recognized the name. I was like, who, who is that? Uh, he's Sanji in One Piece, which means that's like. <laughs> The bulk of his anime credits is being Sanji in One Piece for a thousand episodes plus dozens of movies. Uh, but he's also uh, Mutananba in Space Brothers. Uh, he's uh, Kotetsu uh, Kaburagi, a.k.a. Wild Tiger in Tiger and Bunny. Um, he's uh, uh, Takeru Takashi in um, Digimon Zero Two. Uh, and he's Benny in Black Lagoon. Uh, brings us to... <laughs> This brings us to episode 10, which is just called Loss. <laughs> hey, is, is, is this Loss? Um, why is it called Loss? Uh, I, I, I guess there's a loss in this episode, sure. Um, anyway, all right. Uh, next top on our American War Crimes tour is The Factory, um, which I did think of the droid factory from Attack the Clones every time they said that. I could not tell you why other than that's just how my brain is poisoned. Um, uh, they go to the factory, uh, where they ex- uh, which is where they experimented on the Borners and the Unbloomed. Uh, Liang Chi's already there, and she's up to some sh- sicko shit, uh, as usual. 
The gang gets separated after being attacked by a group of unbloomed who are basically just zombies. Um, Hako is confronted by Liang Chi over a video call. Uh, she taunts her about her and Santana's relationship uh, and makes Hako believe he's in danger by lying about the factory being booby trapped. Uh, these lies are obvious, uh, and it's not clear to Hako. Uh, it's not clear if Hako actually believes them uh, because she can't talk. It's the most obvious lies in the world. Um, Hako tries to use her voice powers to kill Liang Chi, but LOL, Liang Chi's uh, got her on mute. Luckily, Hako remembers the room that Liang Chi is calling from. It's apparently the same room where Alfard agreed to let Santana escape with Hako, which is a thing that happened. Um, she rushes to the room and immediately starts using her Black Bolt voice powers when, oh no, it's actually Santana tied up in Liang Chi's chair, conveniently facing away from the door. Uh, Hako is horrified by what she's done. Uh, as Santana lies dying, he asks her to tell him that she loves him, uh, which she does so several times, killing him for good. Um, Hako cries in agony at what just happened, uh, which fucks everyone else up in the factory. Uh, Liang Chi deploys a sonic field that negates sound, effectively nullifying Hako's voice power, uh, except for Kanan, who is still hurt by it because of her synesthesia. <laughs> Uh, Minoru successfully calms down Hako, uh, almost getting shot in the process. Well, does he does? Uh, meanwhile, he, he gets shot in the arm. That's, that's true. That's true. Um, meanwhile, Union and Maria, uh, who are told to stay in the car, wander into the lower part of the factory that Union calls the Flower Garden, where they find some mysterious flowers, along with what appears to be another Canaan trapped in some kind of ice or something else. It's not clear. Um, also, the lady with the glasses, who still has not been named, uh, is also here. Uh, and is uh, uh, has pulled a gun on uh, Maria and Union. And that's where the episode ends. Also, they were they were wearing masks as they went down the stairs, which they say are like noise blocking masks, but they uh, they're talking, they're, they're to, talking each to each other. Uh, not to like cinema sins it, but like you know, come on. And they take them off like the second they go down to the flower garden because oh, they like trip and um, they they fall off and they're like, oh, dang! I hope I don't see something that never comes up again. Uh, right. like someone stuck in the ground. Um, but yeah, shout out to Long Chi just being Jigsaw at this point, or Heath Ledger's Joker. It's very funny. No, I was the vibes I was getting was like this is a fucking Resident Evil level. You got like this mm -hmm. weird facility with zombies. You've got the antagonist taunting. The people, it's, it's trying to be Resident Evil. Well, and I actually literally, I thought of uh, Resident Evil 4 because uh, Liang Chi's like, oh, and there's like shit that'll come from the ceilings in a laser corridor. I'm like, oh, that's an, that's an RE4. Oh, see, I heard laser corridor and I thought of the uh, Paul W.S. Anderson film uh, Resident Evil with the laser corridor where the guy gets Swiss cheese. Oh, so, I mean, same, same, literally the same thing. Uh, yes, but... but when I think of Resident Evil, I think of the far superior mm. series of <laughs> cinematic masterpieces. Except for the... By one Paul Anderson. The nauseating uh, finale, but... Um... I, I, I think Dick White could have done a better Doobie job White. the show. Doobie. Or Doobie White, not Dick White. <laughs> Doobie White. It's Speedweed, Dick Wolf, and Doobie, Doobie White. <laughs> Doobie White. The, the 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 father the son <laughs> the holy spirit anyway uh well let's go through this chronologically i guess um oh please so they wake up or sorry kanan wakes up in they're they're all awake except for kanan kanan wakes up and immediately santana's like by the way your name is despair to which uh maria's like no she's not but Kanan's not really despair. She eats so much. Boy, can she eat. She's even a little fat, though she could have a little more going on her chest to make them go boing. That's just, that. that's what happens. Um, that is what happens. 
I, I, I fucking hate Mario Kart <laughs> raiding women. I, I fucking hate it. I hate it. And they get to the factory and they bring Hako along, even though she's clearly going through it. Like, she clearly should not be going into this building, especially because Zilongchi is there and also in a bath when they first get there. No reason why. She just is. Well, we know from episode one, she loves to lounge around in a bath and make people uh, nervous by her um, uh, nudity. And well, and later she's thing. in a, lo- uh, a, a negligee uh, because she sacrificed mm. her coat to the to the jigsaw trap. Um, uh, and then, yeah, the glasses lady shows up and she's like, I got to atone for my sins, which is very funny when later she's like, I got to blow you guys away because you've seen something you shouldn't have. But whatever. And then, yeah, Hako literally falls for everything like immediately. She falls for like the ah, I'm going to use my voice to kill you through the speakers to which long she's like, Lamal, you think I'd really put a microphone in there? Are you stupid? Anyway, here's a very clear trap. To which she immediately falls into that one as well and kills Santana. It's like, good job, Hako. I'm glad you're here. Yeah, if I had um, uh, brain-bursting voice powers, I would make sure that I can confirm who I'm talking to <laughs> before I just use my powerful, powerful wor- words. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, she's she just bursts into that room and decides, yeah, the back of this empty, uh, the back of this chair. I'm sure it's uh, Liang Chi sitting in it. I have no reason to think otherwise. She wasn't just taunting me about my uh, uh, would-be lover uh, or whoever. Yeah, I do like that Long Chi is being a sicko. Like, you know, aside, like, she's not, I don't think she even says Nesama in this episode. I was like, oh, good, we're finally getting some sicko shit. Mm. It's fucking incredible how that show is, like, giving me gay sickos, and I'm like, yeah, this sucks. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't say I love Liang Chi in this episode, but definitely compared to the next one, it's a uh, uh uh you know, much better. But yeah. I mean, she she has way more like clear like motivation. It's not good motivation. But she has way more clear motivation than uh Alfard has up to this point in the show. I have no up until like literally episode 12 or whatever. I have no idea why Alfard is doing anything. Um, or how everyone treats Alfard. Like, everyone's like, oh, we got, like, Alfard's a thorn in our side. We gotta kill her. Everyone, we gotta fucking get this lady. And the, and then at the end, or I guess it's at the, the beginning of next episode, she shows up and stops uh, Yuri from killing the two girls. Um, and she's just like, yeah, okay, I'll let you go. And it's like, wait, I thought you were sweeping everything under the rug, but I guess not. Nothing really matters in this show. But, but yeah. I don't know. Um, yeah, and Rip Santana, you 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 will be missed. Uh, I guess I don't know. Not really. Yeah, who's gonna who's gonna run the karaoke bar? Yeah, right. The the karaoke bar doesn't show up in the epilogue. Yeah, it does. Um, does it? It does. He uh 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 Minoru shows up. Goes, oh, couldn't have they turned off the oh, TV? Okay, okay. And then he gets really sad because. Oh, d- d- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll edit that part out. Don't no, worry. I mean. <laughs> I guess I guess I mean like there's no uh yeah just like bleep <laughs> <laughs> the people the people gotta wait to find uh-huh. out uh what he's uh reminiscing about Jesus Christ I remember I remember that I I I meant I guess I meant like there's no part of the epilogue where like and now Union is running the karaoke bar I was so mad I was like Minoru should show up and be the pr- new proprietor with Union like they should take over the mantle yeah. but we'll get into that later he spent. He has spent this whole series being like, I gotta fucking get out of this line of work, man. This <laughs> shit sucks. <laughs> That's his out. He's, he's just gotta t- get into the bar business. Um, but yeah, literally no feelings at all about uh, Santana dying. 
do not care. Literally learned this man's name the last episode. Why would I care that he's dead? Um, and again, not to like Cinema Sins nitpick, but he's in like a swivel chair, right? Mm -hmm. You can like oh, you could have turned with around just your feet, like turn around, yeah, or even <laughs> just with like moving your body, like if you like inch enough, like you'll just turn around and she can at least see like the profile of his his face and be like, oh my god, I've got to stop saying my words. Stupid. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, that at some point I don't even remember why, but at some point Liang Chi loses her like kind of like what would you call that she's wearing throughout. Like this entire series, it's like I had like a. It's like a a short dress. Yeah, like a, one of the like a Chinese dress. Um, which apparently she's wearing like elaborate lingerie underneath. Yeah, <laughs> it's like a short Chion Sam or or Chi Pao. A Chi Pao is like a it's like the the like a Chinese dress. Like, yeah. listener, think of a Chinese dress. She's wearing that. Um, except it's like short. <laughs> but it's like it's very short. So she's like all legs for most of the show, and I'm like, girl, when did you have like room to like wear like elaborate like lingerie under that? It's just so weird to me. I don't know. I don't understand any of the creative choices made in the show, other than to be like, ooh, look, sexy lady. Uh, which, uh, no thanks. <laughs> I'm good. Get these sexy ladies away from me now. Yes, <laughs> but she just gets to rock out in her lingerie for the rest of this episode and all of next episode. So, uh, and enjoy. Yeah. It's also very funny to me when Glasses Lady shows up. It's like, yeah, fuck it. The whole gang's here now. Whatever. Who gives a shit? <laughs> and just like everything in this, again, it's 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 whatever the writer needs it to be because Mario Kart is a hack. But like, oh, yeah, the entire <laughs> building facility has this active noise canceling technology, which is a thing in not in the scale that they have. But I believe that it is a thing that you can have like an active noise canceler thing. Um that kind of like works through uh, destructive interference or whatever, but uh, everything going on with that whole scene where it's it's literally like I wouldn't be so upset about it if so when uh, Hako is killing Santana accidentally, there's a little bit in there where um, Leong Chi's like taunting her and says like, "Oh, your you know your airwaves fuck up cerebellums or whatever," or it might have been explain later earlier in the episode i don't remember but she does like explicitly say the airwaves mm. like worm their way into the person's cerebellum and makes it like go into overdrive and like blow up or you know whatever it does something that that'll kill them so the fact that later with this active noise canceling thing that in theory would make the airwaves not be the same shape that they were or or they would go away essentially the fact that Kanan is literally just like off of the vibes being harmed is so fucking stupid. And I was so angry. And then Minoru just hugs her. And then that's it. That's that's the end of the, the encounter, which is very dumb as well. Yeah, that's the uh, that's the wrap on the Minoru Hako plotline <laughs> that we've all been waiting for. But but then later it extends because no, I, I got to protect someone else's light because uh, Kingdom Hearts mm. is light and my friends are my power. It's just it's it's so fucking dumb. Like, like she's very much trying to do like a kind of like a shonen like, oh, you get stronger when you're protecting someone kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But Lamal. <laughs> yeah. And then later they kind of start talking about someone being someone else's light as like not like metaphorical i mean like kind of metaphorical but like also like something that is like a faded destiny thing i, I don't know how to describe it like 
honestly, just because it's it's really muddied in the show. But they it, they switches from like being a metaphor to being something that's like a state of being, uh, which is very weird. Uh, at least in the dub, that's how they kind of brought it across. But uh, at a certain point, they were just throwing science words all around, so it kind of got lost in the sauce anyway. But mm-hmm. I also skipped over the part where we learned that. Uh, when Santana left the factory originally, he had to like beg Alfard to let him take Hako with him, and she did for reasons. <laughs> Basically, it, just like they, they kind of do this with uh, 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 Liang Chi and Cummings, where sometimes it's because it's like, oh, you're still useful to me, and then sometimes it's like, well, you're you're a curiosity. I'm gonna keep you going because you're. You're curious to me. You're an aberration or whatever, uh, which is something that uh, Cummings brings up yeah. later. Where he's like, oh, we've been reduced to nothing but curiosities or whatever. Which I'll admit is fun if you're like, I don't know, an evil wizard. <laughs> you're just like, oh, it'll be more interesting for me to let you go out in the world and live your lives than for me to kill you now. But she's like supposed to be like a person in the material world with like goals and aims. And I would like to understand what those are. Thank you. Or even if it was something where it's like they, they, and they might've kind of alluded to this, but like if Alfar just like didn't understand people at all, like fundamentally was just like, I don't feel any emotions and you know, blah, 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 blah. And she's literally like, I'm letting you go because I want to watch you and try to like learn a new facet of humanity. Cause I'm so fucked up that I don't have my humanity anymore. Mm. But they don't really go that far with her because we don't we don't know that like she's not presented as enough of a character to like get get that kind of sense of her of like how she relates to the world. Yeah, they they do a little bit like a tiny bit later on where she's like, you know, uh, uh, what she I think she's talking to maybe Maria, but um, she says like, or maybe it was to Kanan, and she's like, the the echoes of the past are part of me, but I learned to move on past them, or something like that, where it's like, oh, those those former feelings, they're not me anymore. Um, but but not enough, not enough to uh, to to justify uh, her being just like a, I'm gonna I'm gonna watch you from afar because I'm not going to actually do that. Uh, but yeah, that's uh that's all I got for this episode. Uh, Rip Santana. Uh, Sorry you couldn't atone for your sins of killing uh, hundreds of people by fucking your girlfriend into submission. (laughs) I have one last thing to say about this episode, which is the fact that um, uh, Mario Kata, or the fact that she she created a situation where a woman saying I love you to a man is the thing that causes him to die is the most like Mario Kata bullshit (laughs) in the show. Uh, And it sucks. It's not good. Um, but that just screamed to me as like, a, oh, this is like, this is a like Mari, Mari o- Okadism, you know, yeah. <laughs> like this is identifiable as like her traits as a writer. It's like, of course, she has crafted this situation where this exact thing can happen, uh, where the, the man dies when she says, I love you. <laughs> Gotta throw the entire fucking other show out of the fucking, like abandon all over the show being good besides that. So you can have that one moment. That's yeah. And also just it not being a good moment, like it just not working on any level um, is, is bad. Especially in like when you, and I don't, don't remember when I had this note, uh, but the fact that uh, Maria and uh, Kanan don't kiss anywhere in this show, even though they're clearly set up several times like they're about to. But we do, we mm. do see Hako and uh, 
Santana mm. kiss, but we don't. We can't see the other two. Like, uh-uh. We also see Hako and Santana do some other stuff in the next episode. Well, <laughs> well, I guess I guess it's really only Hako doing it. I don't think you can um, well, uh, participate yeah. fully if you're if you're dead. Yeah, he's he's not coming uh, or going. Yeah, it's also the first uh, depiction of death by ASMR uh, committed to <laughs> committed to cinema. That's how I want to go out. She's like whispering it. She's like, I, "I love you, I love you," and then he's like, "Ah, ah, my brain." <laughs> say it again. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, say it again. It hurts so good. <laughs> uh, well, speaking of Hako, Hako is voiced by uh, Mamiko Noto. Uh, I'll start with the last one on my list, uh, just because that far down on Mal, but we've watched a show that she's in before, but it was before I was uh, going through voice actors. Um, she is Yuri Tokikago in Penguin Drum. Um, that's like the girl, the brother uh, marries, the one who um, sexually assaults uh, the, the sister. Who? We... <laughs> uh-huh. What? The girl, in the, the girl in the theater trope that marries uh, Ringo's, um, I remembered her name, that marries Ringo's brother. Ringo has a brother? And then 20... 20- the one adult woman in the cast. The one adult woman in the brother. Or, yeah, oh, she Ringo, and she ends up brother, with like the the, the te- It's like a teacher. It's not actually her brother, but right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but he's yeah. like the. Oh right, right. It's, it's uh, the, the teacher, teacher who teacher. Ringo's in love yeah, with. Because the brother had. Yes. Yeah, she's in love with the teacher. The teacher was in love with Ringo's sister. Oh right. <laughs> right yeah. Yes. That's that's where I'm getting them fixed up. Yeah. The and then 20 episodes into this show, she sexually assaults Ringo, and then they get what? a happy oh. ending. Yes. <laughs> Probably the hard. I wouldn't say worst episode, but one of the hardest to watch episodes we've watched for the show is that episode. Not a fan. Um, but yeah, so she's <laughs> Yuri in Penguin Drum. Uh, she's uh, Sawako uh, Kurunuma in uh, From Me to You, aka uh, Kimini Todake. Um, she's I Emma in Hell Girl. Uh, she is uh, Kotomi Ichinose in Clanad. Uh, she is Moriko Morioka in Recovery of an MMO Junkie. I think that's the main character. I didn't note that down. Uh, she's Ren in Inuyasha. Uh, she's Ben 10 in the uh, Eccentric Family, who I love. Oh, I thought you said like Ben 10. Like it's like, oh, from Ben yeah, she's 10? Ben 10 oh, from, ben, from Ben 10. Yeah, Ben Tennyson, mm. thank you very much. <laughs> uh, no, she's Ben 10 in Eccentric Family. Um, she's uh, Yukako uh, Yamagishi in um, JoJo's Part 4. Um, and she is uh, Prospera Mercury in Mobile Suit Gundam, The Witch for Mercury. It's the lady with the, the char helmet. I don't know if she is a char, but she's got a char helmet. Just because I've not seen the show. To make sure I have everything straight, Mario Kata did not work on Pango Drum at all, right? No. That, no. no, that was a. Uh... The Utena guy. Ikuhara is the big name Ikuhara. attached to that. Yeah, you, you can blame Ikuhara for, for the sexual assault in that one. <laughs> Mario Kata is not to blame. Ikuhara did not... Like, is Penguin Drum an adaptation? No, it's original. Okay. It's original. Okay. Most of Ikuhara's works post... Um, Utena. Utena. No, are post uh, Sailor Moon oh, okay. are kind of a weird thing where they're collaboratively, collaboratively made both a manga and anime at the same time. Like, I know Yurikuma and utana for like that it's... okay that's what i'm thinking i was like i was like i know there's a manga but it, okay it's like a yeah. joint venture my understanding is they like they like draft the story and then go off on their separate paths <laughs> and like the manga happens and the anime happens i've not read any of the manga adaptations gotcha okay uh, i just want to get my my t's dotted and my eyes crossed yep and your penguins drummed my penguins uh looking at porno yes 
like solid or sorry like old snake in mgs4 hell yeah episode 11 is called seesaw i don't i don't know why but it is <laughs> i guess the saw stuff happened in the last episode um although eh, i don't know there's some saw ish stuff in this one but not that kind of see saw is there like um, a power struggle in this episode i'm genuinely i don't remember <laughs> we'll figure it out after um, you read the, the episode yeah, description i guess You'll find out I did uh, in parentheses right at the beginning of my episode uh, description. Oh, God, do I really have to describe this episode? <laughs> well, you do have to make sure to uh, include everything about pigs and cream and word processors. <laughs> okay. Do you, do you not remember? Or am I... We'll get we'll get into it. Is that it. a saw? No. Is that a saw thing? Or that's in this episode? That's in this episode. Oh, my God. Oh, oh, okay. I, you know what? I did screenshot every single line of that. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. It's like, so I can, I can read that I out. It's like, did I have a uh, fever or something? <laughs> no, I've just put it out of my brain in the last six days. That's fair. I did watch this just yesterday. I also did definitely watch this episode at like four in the morning. <laughs> um, so. <laughs> Intended experience. Uh, definitely on my. Yes, exactly. Um. I had to get up early for a work thing and decided the best course of action was to stay up late finishing game <laughs> um, and not sleep. Uh, okay. Um, so Glass's girl boss, whose name we finally learn is Yuri Natsume, is about to shoot Maria and Yunyun for seeing the preserved corpse of the girl who looks like Kanan, no relation, uh, who apparently is another synesthesia test subject. Anyway, Alphard arrives, allowing Maria and Yoon to escape. Uh, we learned that Yuri is a major for the Japanese Ministry of Defense Intelligence Headquarters Joint Information Bureau. Uh, rolls right off the tongue. Uh, posing as a guest officer for the NGO OWL. Her goal this time, uh, this whole time, has been to get the experimental data uh, of the Uavirus experiments uh, and then help the CIA cover up their involvement. Alfard, knowing that, willingly gives over the data to Yuri, and Yuri uh, orders an attack from the U.S. Special Ops to take out the factory. Uh, everyone in the uh, main quote-unquote character squad uh, escapes except for Hako. Uh, Kanan charges back into the factory to save her and get some medicine for Union. Uh, while she's doing that, a bunch of truly unwatchable shit unfolds between Alphard, Cummings, and Liangchi. Uh, the long and short of it is that Alphard and Liangchi fight. Alphard refuses to kill Liangchi herself and orders Cummings to do it, which makes Liang Liangchi mad because uh, she was about to get off on Neisama killing her. She takes some experimental drugs that really fuck her up because they're meant for people with the synesthesia factor. Uh, her hair turns white like Kanan's and all of her senses get fucked up. Uh, she mistakes her own reflection for Kanan and orders Cummings to kill her, uh, who does so only after she promises to love him even if or if he follows her order. Uh, if that sounds like it sucks, it does. Um, also, Alphard reveals that Yangchi set Alphard up to get captured by the CIA so that she could be the one to save her. Uh, hey, remember that from nine episodes I ago? I honestly did not. Uh, I was like, did that happen? Yeah, yeah that happened. Um and also that she did it by writing a fake letter from Siam. Uh, just when you thought the episode was bad enough, Kanan walks in on Hako trying to fuck Santana's corpse. Uh, Hako refuses to go with Kanan and the others, choosing to die with Santana and gives Kanan the pills for Yoon before she, got, before she dies. Um, the episode ends with the newscast reporting on the destruction of the terrorist facility, which they say is located near uh, Anshang, China, which fucks me up because I thought the village slash factory was supposed to be in 
Kashmir. Mm-hmm. I I guess I didn't talk about this in the last episode or whatever, but um, I posted the Google Maps uh, like driving directions in our our group chat. But it would take um uh like what a uh, hundred and twenty seven hours to drive the distance that it takes them uh like two days, including time to rest in the anime. Because hey, China's a big fucking country. <laughs> I don't know if you know this. And, and just now, I was like, "Oh, maybe Angchang is like near Kashmir, because uh, like they're no. they're no, yeah, it's 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 nearer to like Shanghai." Yeah, and also, uh, I looked it up because I was like, I, "That's not a you know part of China I'm familiar with." Um, Angchang's like the name of a county mm-hmm. uh, that is admittedly decently close to, to Shanghai compared to Kashmir, uh, but it looks nothing like the uh, environment that we are in for these last three episodes um so i i have no idea what they're doing geographically but yeah they go like the the distance it would take you like five days to travel and like two days of anime time yeah and and importantly yuri girl bosses her way into like because yuri at this point is basically just like the patriots like it's like the full-on shadow government shit like Mm -hmm. but in which i would like i like that shit in mgs as everyone should know but here it's like hand waved by a phone call off screen Basically, to be like, oh, yeah, I remember in episode seven where you said there's going to be like a global collapse of the economy. Well, we're going to avoid that by saying that if if China allows this attack to happen, which also uh, coming, uh, you know, it's, I think, even further away from the uh, uh, uh County mm-hmm. uh, is Afghanistan, which is where the yes. people come from. Um, yes. But basically, it's like, hey, let us do this, and we're going to resolve diplomatic matter, you know, three, two, whatever, whatever, whatever. So it's like just kind of waving that away and being like, oh, because at the end of the, in the newscast, they're like, oh, this uh, terrorist hideout also were the masterminds behind the bombing of uh, of Shanghai. So like everything's right. like just kind of re- reset because God forbid we have stakes in this anime. Yeah. Also, I'm just now thinking about it because um, I did a, a minor amount of research on uh Kashmir before recording today uh just to kind of get a sense of things also Kashmir doesn't look anything like where these locations are uh in the anime because like in the anime it's like the like uh movie imaginary of what the Middle East looks like like everything's desert there's maybe some sort of like deserty mountains in the distance but it's all just like flat completely arid uh like dry desert land um you know, it's it's got the same like you know like uh, desaturation filter over everything that they gave Shanghai, because that's just the imaginary that the show is working within. Um, but it's like I have no idea what they are like. I don't know. It's it's like they pick points on the map on random. It's like ah fuck it, we're this is where it happens. It's like not realizing where any of those things connect geographically. Um, just think like there was a shocking little amount of research done into the writing of the show. Uh, yet another reason that Mario Kata is a hack. And again, it makes me think of Metal Gear, which is like very much a show or show um, series uh, where lots of research is clearly being done. And you can tell like that they're pulling from real life stuff and they did the work to get the facts right on the stuff that they are pulling from. Um, and this, it just seems like no one even like did a Wikipedia search for any of this. Or hell, you don't even need to be like that accurate. It, the, um, uh, I literally, as you were just talking, I thought of Flying Witch, how the sister in Flying oh, Witch yeah. uh, keeps going to like all these different places, and like occasionally we'll cut to her doing on some adventure, and it's not even like 
I'm just like, okay, that's believable. That's like probably a place that like that probably looks like that place because it's just like, yeah, it's not like I don't want to say mean spirited. Maybe misguided is a better way of putting it where yeah, or just lazy and like the laziness causes like these like I don't want to I don't want to say like racist like we're we're I'm threading a needle here where I I don't want to assume like malicious intent. I think Austin had it best with like the Hollywood version of Yeah, <laughs> where it's like, "Oh, uh, it's in the Middle East." Yeah, it looks like that. all the Middle East looks like this, you know, kind of shit. Where it's like this unintentional discrimination. Yeah. Which I can imagine which is like if your only like cultural imaginary of what the Middle East is is like how the like war in uh, Iraq and Afghanistan is being reported on on the news in 2009. I can see how you get here. Um, I don't that doesn't excuse it, but like makes sense why the show turned out the way it did. Well, and it's especially uh, fucked given the time it came out, given that they call out the war on terror earlier in the series. Yeah. It's like, dude, like. You apparently thought it was important enough to make it your grand conspiracy of the show, but not enough to, like, research anything. This is my big issue with the show is, like, you could tell this exact same story without it being explicitly about, like, terrorism during, like, the war on terror in the, like, aughts, Mm -hmm. you know? Like, if you're gonna evoke all that shit, like, have something to say, do some research, like, back up your shit. But, like, this is just like any other anime that wants to just be about, like... Uh, two soldiers fated to fight one another. Um, you know, again, at least Metal Gear does the fucking work, even though that's ultimately what a lot of those games are about too. Like, at least make do something with like how Santana is like used to be the CIA, like, and how the CIA are like bad people. You know, through the lens of it, like, have that be a focus and not just like a one-off little bit of the story kind of thing. Like, if you're gonna go for it, go for it. Don't don't do a half measure about solid and, and liquid having to fight each other because they have the same mentor or whatever same mentor yeah. who's lazy with names we, we've we've talked a lot about on our uh, sister podcast uh grind my metal gears about the the evocation in the metal gear games of like when when something's talked about as like not having ideology but this is truly like free of ideology <laughs> <laughs> there's no i mean maybe uh, there's definitely there definitely is but it's just like head empty ideology you know it doesn't have anything to say did you i think you mentioned something about like oh yeah you know the she ordered executive order or whatever did you note down the number when she calls the order for like the strike i knew it was a big number i i didn't <laughs> take it down it's like uh, uh execute order uh twelve thousand three hundred and thirty three. yeah <laughs> so it's one two three 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 um which is like damn like however you feel about the prequels like they got that shit right like just pick an easy number <laughs> like order 66 rolls rolls off the tongue like that um just thought it was laughable it's just like really you could you could have literally picked any number that's the one you went with moving towards i guess the the uh plot of the episodes in specific um yeah you want to get into it? <laughs> i mean no but the so <laughs> So there's a girl, so there's a discussion with, like, Yuri and um, uh, Alphard, and Alphard's like, here, have the information on, like, the biological stuff that's been happening here. I don't really want to deal with this research anymore. It's so gross. Get it away from me. It's icky. Um, And what's-her-face leaves, but, and then Alphard lights the girl in the ice or glass, I don't remember which, on fire. Yes. Because we learned that in this episode that it's like some sort of like salt or like uh, um, like 
something something that would burn easily sure that she's that she's trapped in because it looks like ice yeah. but it's not ice it's like yeah. like some sort of crystal yeah but i don't know who that is no it's just someone that looks like kanan i thought it was be like a clone or something but no i think the implication is that maybe like uh uh kanan is like a mila Djokovic in the resident evil movies where she's like bred to be a super soldier kind mm. of thing and that was like another mila Djokovic or another kanan <laughs> That didn't make the cut, and they put on ice. They do talk a lot about, like, <laughs> all of this was for you. Kind of, like, all this is because of you, Kanan. They wanted to create you, uh, which I'm like, yeah. don't be mad at her. She didn't ask for it, but whatever. Uh, so there's, like, some whispering about all this shit. Um, and then it... I assume it hard cuts because my notes just goes, what the fuck is going on with Liang Chi? Uh, I think it cuts mm-hmm. to her in her negligee, like, looking at, like, monitors or something like that. I'm like, what is going on here? <laughs> And then Alfard and Cummings show up, and and she's like, she she at first is like, oh, they don't really want to kill me, and then she realizes like, oh no, she does. Uh, so they start fighting, and I think Al uh, Cummings is like, please, like, just stop this, please, I love you or whatever. And she's like fighting Cummings to like get him to shut up, and she's like, I'll kill anyone that gets between me and my sister, pigs, cream barbecue word processors i'd even kill love whatever that means you miss, you miss one at least that's in the subs oh, okay the subs say uh uh i'll can't kill anything that comes between me and naysama whether it's a pig some cream a barbecue a dream a word processor or even love i'd kill it all yeah to which alfard i guess just comes in at some point and like cuts her leg open and she's like yeah she's like hey stop stop free associating with your word yeah Cut that shit out. Cut the slam poetry out and, you know, and long she's like, more, hurt me more, which I'm like, this is literally MGS1. What the fuck? Yeah. And she's like, well, at least I'll die by your hand, sis, Naysama. She's literally like getting, like clearly getting like, uh, like sexual gratification off the idea of being killed by Naysama. Which, and then respect gets, the energy. Gets yeah, I mean, I like we're it, here for like, it. But how is the show, how is the show doing this? It's like an unappealing way. Like, yeah. <laughs> Mm-hmm. women getting off on women killing each other like i'm so into that how does this show it's fuck like it the up? opposite of like you use the wrong formula but get the right answer it's like they're using the right f- formula but the ingredients are bad <laughs> something's wrong um can i uh, this is not going to play for audio so sorry to the listeners but can i share the face that liang chi makes when um nay sama is like uh i'm not going to kill you cummings can you kill her please <laughs> it's the face oh yeah <laughs> It's like, it's like the reverse pog. It's like, what if you pogged, but you were like, like dismayed about it. (laughs) And it's like, like you can tell from my screenshot, it's like real low pixel density. It's like in a wide shot, like Cummings and like Alfard are in the foreground. And then you just see uh, Liang Chi making the most insane face in the background. (laughs) Like, no, Naysama's not going to kill me. Yeah. To which she runs into another room that is like, it has a bunch of like torture shit in there. Like, and I, I, I don't mean like, oh, there's pliers. I mean, there's like literally an Iron Maiden. Sure. Mm-hmm. So whatever. Yep. And she's like, fuck it. I'm going to take, like, you're not paying, like, if you won't give me attention because you're so hung up on Kanan, I'm going to be like Kanan. I'm going to take these meds that are going to, like, force me to have synesthesia to which uh, Alfart's like, well, what happens if you force someone to feel something like that? Well, you'd feel all of it at once. The colors would tear your pores apart, which I'm like, oh, that's a, that's a yeah. fun I mean, I like the, the description, uh, but yeah, the next like five minutes, it reminded me of, we talked about this in Monica movie three, 
where there's like an extended scene of girl Haruka, the not Madoka love it, like who's Madoka's love interest in Monica? Homura. Homura, thank you. Homura is like beating the shit out of this mascot character for like a long time and it just feels like mean. Oh, yeah. This felt like mm-hmm. really gross uh, to yeah. Leong Chi. Like, it's one of the only times we get such detail to like gore, not like gore gore, but like like the the body like sh- shutting down and deforming like it's it's deeply fucked up um and not in like a way where it's like oh like it's a horror thing so it's supposed to upset you or like it's oh it's just being controversial or whatever no it just like feels out of place and wrong and like yeah and in the, in the context of the show it like feels like too much yeah she also gets like red eyeballs with like red tears and i was like it's like the the angry like wojack crying mm-hmm. meme <laughs> or it's like um in bebop the the red eye drug oh yeah yeah the first episode yeah but yeah and then uh cummings honestly does her a favor and shoots her in the chest yeah and of course it's got to be this whole drug out thing of because she's taking the drug her hair is turned white and she sees herself in the mirror and she's like oh it's it's kanan kanan's here gotta kill kanan and then Cummings is like, all right, I'll kill Kanan, wink, wink, but you got to promise that you love me before I kill you. It's like, can we just end this? It's just be over already. Which, God, I, I thought that Cummings died in the whole collapse. I was like, oh, thank God he's out of the show, too. But he uh, unfortunately is not. No, he gets probably, like, the best ending of all these characters, like, morally. <laughs> like, the only one to repent for his sins. <laughs> And as I said in my uh, episode description, just when you thought, like, wow, this is the worst episode of the show by far, uh, Kanan gets to walk in on Hako doing a necrophilia with uh, uh, Santana, Carlos Santana. <laughs> yeah, I think I was so, like, shell-shocked at this point. I didn't even realize that that's what she was doing. Like, I heard her say, like, oh, you're so you're so cold. Let me warm you up or whatever. And I was just like, okay, she's just, like, delusional or something, I guess. I don't know. Um but yeah, like the fact that they're naked and like she's clearly like straddling him uh, and then pulls pills assumably out of her ass. I don't know where she got them, but she got them because <laughs> uh, they're talking about how all the boner pills are very unique to the boner. But then she d- she found she unions. happens to have the right Yeah, ones. yeah. You, you know, you reach into a cabinet. What's the chance the ball is red? Well, apparently 100. Um, and and yeah, she she comes back and and. Is this where Maria takes a photo of her? Yeah, after Again, the, a, the thing blows a up. A very mid photo that is worthy of an exhibition. <laughs> yeah, yeah, soon to be the half of the centerpiece of her uh, art exhibition. Jesus Christ. <laughs> and it's in black and white too. Like what like Kanan has like those cool fucked up eyes like that like pulsate. Yeah. Why did you make it black and white other than being a hack? Yeah, the show has more sickos in it and they're somehow just completely fucking unappealing. I <laughs> It's because the sickos are fighting each other. Mario Kata always has sickos fight with other sickos. No, we need the the sicko union. <laughs> or I guess it's more of like, oh, we have the character get to that moment, but like without thinking about why they have the feelings that get to that moment, or and like or giving the characters any sense of interiority. Yeah, there's just like zero development. Like nothing happens from point A to point B that makes that journey understandable <laughs> it's just like yeah here we are and the problem also they're sickos for someone else like akira was a sicko and we we're like oh hell yeah but then she becomes a sicko for whatever the other person's name was in in wick cross um oh yeah it, yana yes yeah um and then in this 
we were talking about how Shang-Chi is like fun and like just like doing sicko stuff. And then as soon as Naysama comes into it, it becomes a lot worse. It's like it's just let people be sickos for their own sake. No, I think they can be for other people. It's just the character writing in the show is dog shit. You, you got to give a compelling reason for why they're a sicko for that person. Like, where's the because also like do we have a sense of who Liang Chi is other than, oh, she's obsessed with Alphard? Like, where did she come from? What's her deal? Yeah, not... Who cares? I guess she's dead now, so it doesn't matter. Not to... I, I don't know too much about it because I, I, I'm just not into the, 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 you know, the properties, but, like, Harley Quinn and uh, not the Joker because Harley Quinn and the Joker is, like, bad. I mean, they're both sickos, but whatever. But, like, I've heard that the Harley Quinn, like, Poison Ivy stuff is, like, fun because they're both sickos, yeah. but, like, their own people. Uh, like you said, Danielle, they have interiority and, like, doubts and, and wants and desires. I mean, I wouldn't even say, like, the, the Quinn Joker stuff is, like, oh, no, no, bad. Yeah, no. Like, it's okay to have, like, fucked up <laughs> shit in mm. your media. Well, that's that's also, like, a case of, like, they do give specific reasons why she is a sicko for the Joker. It's not just like, uh, oh, I guess I'm a clown lady, so I've got to be a sicko for the clown guy. <laughs> like, uh, like there's reasons oh, why she fuck this guy. I'm giving therapy to. Yes, exactly. <laughs> like, like where's that for Liang Chi and uh, and Alfard? But we just get none of that. Um, uh oh. Um, another thing about Hako. Um, again, just like. I'm just stunned by the fact that I saw her for a, a second in the OP and I was like, this is going to be the worst written character in the show. And I was maybe right, <laughs> except for the fact that I, I didn't understand just how poorly written all the other characters would be, which is like could tell from the way she's like postured in the OP. Um, so her end was just like both like extremely disappointing, but also like, OK, I guess I was right. I hate to be right about it, but literally just like the most boring and, and poorly written version of a femme fatale you can throw into a show like this. Yeah, exactly. But in the in this final scene with her and Kanan, like she's mouthing her words to Kanan, and then Kanan is repeating them back to us, the audience, which is already like really clunky and not great, but whatever. Um, but the part that really bothered me is why do they give? Uh, I don't know if y'all notice this. Um, in the sound mix, they give Hako like a weird like lip chewing sound when she talks. Oh, I didn't notice that. It's super weird. I'm like, why? Like, like I get it. She's mouthing words, but normally most people can mouth words without like. It's hard to describe the exact sound, but yeah, it's like she's chewing on a microphone. Like, what are we doing? Well, it's we've watched something, and I don't remember what it was, or maybe it's just something I watched by myself. I don't know. Where they've had a character who couldn't speak for one reason or another, or like maybe like they're 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 too far away, so you can't hear them or whatever. But they zoom in on the mouth to make it like very clear what they're saying, which is still difficult for like for me to understand because often they're speaking in Japanese. And so like you have to follow the mouth movements of that, which is harder because I'm not a native speaker, but at least that has effort. This is like literally like just like normal animation where it's just like pop, 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 pop. Like it's very rhythm, like robotic kind of thing. There's no like personality to, to her mouthing these words. Mm -hmm. Or again, we talked about this last episode, just give her a notepad or have her no sign language. It would actually be a neat little note if she started like signing and or, like, maybe not just now, but like earlier and Kanan was, was able to sign too. in the same way that like Solid Snake can speak a lot of a bunch of different languages and so can Big Boss. It's like, ooh, how how cool. Same thing. It's like 
just be like, oh, she just knows all these languages because she's like so brilliant or, or whatever. Or yeah. read her aura or something. I don't know. Yeah, I think there's like, I mean, there's a million ways you could do it. But I feel like having a scene early on, again, because this would be more like characterful, where like have Hako be a person that learned sign language because she can't speak or it kills people. I think that's a reasonable thing to, to do. <laughs> and like have a scene where maybe they're in the car driving out here and Hako is like teaching everybody like sign language for a specific thing. And like the meaning of whatever she's saying means one thing in that context, but then she repeats it in this context and it means a different thing because the stakes are different. Like it's so easy. It's so easy to write shows. I don't know how many people <laughs> has a hard time doing it. Um, or, or the more difficult thing, I don't think the show has the, or the people that made the show have the chops to do it, but there's also a way where you could convey a meaningful exchange between these two characters without any words being passed and just how you visually represent the two of them encountering one another in this moment. Um, but that's extremely hard. Like, I'm not going to blame them for not trying that, but you could do it that way. You totally could. That's my biggest disappointment with Hako is just like to have a character like that, that is non-vocal and to like, just use that as a means of like robbing her of agency in a lot of like key scenes. It's just like, all right, I guess we'll just have Kanan say, or Kanan uh, say your, your lines for you. Like just, it's just like so lame um, and lacks any imagination to think around that problem is I guess the, the most disappointing thing. Um, but, but yeah, I think this is probably the worst episode of the show by like a country mile. Yeah. It's just awful all around. Uh-huh. Ryo Okada really out there proving that, uh, uh, being created by women does not <laughs> absolve a piece of media from misogyny in the weirdest fucking ways. Oh yeah. Just like, just cause you're gay doesn't mean you can't be homophobic. Just cause you're, you're Mario, Mario Okada doesn't mean <laughs> yeah. you can't be, uh, uh, misogynistic. Uh, Anyway, speaking of misogynistic, uh, Cummings is voiced by <laughs> uh, Cummings is voiced by uh, Toru Okawa, who we've already covered. He was the Vestian in Space Dandy. Do we remember who that is? Yeah, the Vestians and the the Undieites or something. Yeah, the War of the Undies and the Vest, baby, mm. is the name of the episode. But yeah, it's the Vestians and the Undians, uh, which like, hey, cool, that's a weird role, um, but I remember that guy. Uh, that brings us to episode 12, which is called Seasonal Train. Again, another weird title. This one it makes sense. A lot of this episode happens on a train. Minoru, Yoon, uh, Maria, and Kanan are on their way back to Shanghai. Their car breaks down, and Minoru decides to stay behind to get it fixed while the girls uh, take a train back to Shanghai. Aboard the train, they're stopped at a military checkpoint. While stopped, they hear gunshots. Uh, Kanan goes to investigate, leaving Union and Maria alone in the train car. Uh, I'm just now thinking a lot like the episode where she leaves Maria alone on the like amusement park ride, and this oh, all goes yeah. just as poorly as that does. Um, while the train is stopped, Alfard boards and sits with Union and Kanan, uh, talking about how Maria is the new light in Kanan's life, and that Kanan is at her strongest when she has someone like uh, her uh, that she wants to protect. Uh, meanwhile, Kanan imagines seeing ghosts of all the characters who have died in the show, including Hako, Santana, and Siam. Uh, the ghost of Siam explains to her that because of her sharp senses, she sometimes loses sight of the simple truths around her, a thing we have very little evidence for before now <laughs> when she starts seeing ghosts. Uh, but now it's a thing. Yeah, now it's a thing. <laughs> 12 episodes in, now it's a thing. Uh, anyway, uh, Kanan runs back to their train car. Uh, but finds only Alfard. 
Maria and Yunyun are locked in a train car with a bomb that will go off in seven minutes. Maria is also suffering from a gun wound afflicted by Alfard. Uh, Kanan fights with Alfard while the two talk about their conflicting uh, relationships with their men towards Siam. Uh, Alfard explains uh, that she doesn't wish to kill Kanan, but by killing her, she'll, quote, shoot through the ghost of Siam, end quote. Uh, when Kanan and Alfard fight, Union, or while Kanan and Alfard fight, Union breaks the window of their train car uh, and um, uh, from the next car over, detaches the car with Maria and the bomb in it, per Maria's request. Uh, the episode ends with 30 seconds left on the bomb timer. Um, so this is the point where I had gone, I, I'd like scrolled through the episode to write this description. And as I'm, I'm, I'm like checking that last scene, I'm like, wait a minute. The way this is edited, it's genuinely unclear if Yoon detaches the train from the car next to the one that her and um, Maria are in, or while she's still on the car that her and Maria are in. Like, I'm like, wait, is the, is the part of the train that is separated from the rest of us the part that Maria's on or the part that the rest of the king's on? Um, and it's just like one of those things where, like, they only show the interior of the train until they show her on the outside. So there's no clear, like, oh, this is the train car she's on while she does this. It ends up being the one that's obvious, which is like, oh, okay, she, like, stays on the train while Maria's car goes back on the track. Um, but that was like, a, I purposely was double checking a scene. I'm like, wait a minute, this is. <laughs> This is not extremely clear uh, by the, the editing. Yeah. Well, then the, the show is a fucking uh, coward because it it ends with this be like, oh, clearly Maria is going to blow up. Like, there's no like they are miles away at this point. Like, you know, they detach the train car and then the train keeps going and it's like really, really far down the tracks. But apparently uh, Union can run a fucking five second mile or something because holy shit. Uh, <laughs> anyway, that's the next episode. But here, uh, I have so few notes uh, for this episode because I was just confused for the most part. You mean you don't understand why she's uh, seeing ghosts now? I was like, is she drugged? Like, is that what happened? Like, she walked, oh, poison gas got me or something. Like, she's like all fucked up about it. Um, this, by the way, this scene, I kind of like that they would have... I don't like that it was here, but if they had had her, like, go have her, oh no, I don't have synesthesia uh, moment earlier in the show, and then, like, she gets knocked out, and, like, she's, she sees the people from her past that have died, and she's like, oh, is this all I am? Am I just a killer? But then Siam says, oh, you gotta feel all your senses, and da 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 and then when she wakes up, she has synesthesia again. That would have been, like, a good scene, with, like, hey, she has, like, problems with like having to be a killing machine you're saying that uh siam is her uncle ben to her spider yeah exactly oh my god yes because i yeah i'm so here for that but instead it's just like oh i'm just have like i walk in here i'm just having a, a trip it also is kind of like the occasionally she's like snaps to reality and like there's like dead bodies in there i'm like wait did she kill all of them or is that alfard like it's very it was poorly clear or poorly shown like you could just have like oh they're see the characters seeing things from their past and talking about it that's a normal thing that happens in fiction but <laughs> why is it like fucking like oh god why is it shown so weird and like the oh she's actually seeing these things yeah it, the way that 
makes no it's fucking shot sense. very weird and the only thing that instigates it is that siam also died on a train so it's like if she yeah. ever gets on a train like when she was on the roller coaster or the the amusement park ride earlier was she having flashbacks then no but like so it, maybe it's just this specific train i, I don't know um, but it's not like motivated by anything. She doesn't like, yeah, like you said, like it's a normal thing for her to be like confronted by her past. But I mean, honestly, even if they shifted it to be like, oh, she comes into this car full of dead people and she realizes this was all a ploy to get her away from Maria and she starts running back and now she's like addressing her past, like maybe that could work. But here it's just like, wait, why are you, are you okay? Like, did you hit your head or something? Or, and then everything going on with Maria just being like, fine, you can shoot me. Like, whatever, Alfard, I, I'll be Kanan's light. She loves me unconditionally. If she was a normal girl, I couldn't accept her, though. It's like, wow, fuck you, Maria. <laughs> and then she's like, nah, fuck it, I'll just die. Whatever. I love that um, two of the people in, like, her, like, seeing things section is, like, the fu- the old man and the yes. oh, yeah. boy. <laughs> like, why? Those very important characters that we all remember. Like, I get why Siam, Santana, and Hako are there, but why those two? <laughs> Because we gotta, we gotta come up with some other. Died early on. <laughs> yes, we gotta come up with some other characters that died in the show. Hey, we we made the models once. We might as well reuse them. <laughs> yeah. If I paid for the model, I'm gonna use the model. I think the thing that's most disappointing to me about the whole like, oh, suddenly it's a thing that, uh, Kanan's senses are fucking with her, and she's seeing dead people. Like the uh, what's his name in the Sixth Sense, is. I wish there I wish we led up to this. I wish there were more points of ambiguity earlier where she thinks she sees things and she doesn't like maybe she like thinks she sees like Siam around a corner in Shanghai or something like that. Like if you're going to do this like set it up. Because I I I would love this if it was like properly set up and it's like oh no this is just like a thing that your senses do but also like this is your chance to have like a like a spiritual heart to heart with your dead mentor like that could be cool um but it just it literally comes out of nowhere there's so many like little things that could like be in a show like this and work really well but nothing fucking meshes together or is built up towards or pays off Well, and we literally had in episode like two uh or something like that the scene where uh maria is like wait you kill people like that could be your your point where where what's her face starts kanan starts walking around like is that all i do i mean she kind of does that but like it's not like a point for her to explore her past or anything like that um it it just it it just happens like like you said austin it it, could have been built up to and and it wasn't yeah or maybe like that whole spell of the show where like Maria's fucked up over the fact that Kanan kills people could be read a lot differently if Kanan is seeing visions of people she's killed and she's like, well, it's fine because I, I still get to see them. Like, mm. they're not really dead to me. Like, that could be a whole thing. But you know, they just it really just feels like they're laying the track as they're they're making these episodes. Um, yeah. Uh, I have to go back one episode uh, just because there's one thing I forgot to say about episode 11. Uh, Yuri has a line where she says, this almost makes it look like I'm carrying out Sandy Tonica's will. Who the fuck is okay, Sandy Tonica? Okay, I, I have a note that just says Sandy Tanaka. I also was very curious who Sandy Tanaka is. So I looked, I looked into who Sandy Tanaka might be, uh, but I couldn't find, the closest thing is Mamru Tanaka, uh, who is, uh, the like of anti-virologist colleague of uh kenji osawa but sandy tanaka doesn't fucking exist in this in this world or the next interesting <laughs> i searched like sandy tanaka like maybe this is like a, a common person 
Uh, apparently, there's an actress uh, who's in a bunch of like movie or no, as a music coordinator. But no, who who knows? <laughs> um, this is the episode, by the way. Uh, I guess I guess it it kind of happens in the last episode. But this is the episode where it like was like, oh, suddenly taking photos is uh back to being the most important thing in the world to Maria. Um because she like she she takes a photo of um Kanan at the end of last episode. She takes a photo of uh Alfard this episode. Um and it was just so clear to me of like, oh, okay, like we <laughs> somebody realized, oh, we have not set up a character arc for this character. Uh how are we gonna give them an ending? Uh oh right, they're into taking photos. We did that in episode one and then did nothing with it afterwards. I um, I was really mad at the show and proud of myself for thinking of like a pun where it's like before you shoot shoot me mind if i get a shot of you or something like that but uh the show yeah. the show did not indulge me <laughs> mario kata is like no i will not uh engage with such uh um uh such puns i will instead um have characters do necrophilia and um uh the most sicko shit imaginable well, <laughs> thank you very much you don't want to be telling a joke where it's in a you cause them like a really like a tone issue and you want to you oh, want to yeah, avoid yeah. that the show is very careful about its tone as we all know uh-huh <laughs> get ready for the next episode um <laughs> i think the only other note i have about this episode is um i enjoyed the one action scene we get between alfard and kanan mm-hmm. um I think I don't know if I thought this during this one, or I think maybe during the action scene between um, Alfard and um, uh, Liangchi in the last episode. But it really does feel like there was a long stretch of episodes where there was just no action happening. And early on in the show for me was like, a, okay, well, regardless of what's happening with the plot, at least the um, you know like the action stuff is good. But there's just very few action scenes in this show. And some of them are good, some of them aren't, but I think the one in this um, with uh, uh, Kanan and um, Alfard in the train uh, car is, is pretty good. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Because, um, yeah, there was some stuff at the very beginning where it was action-y, but it was like more like uh, less interpersonal action and more like movement action, uh, which, you know, different yeah. hits different spots. But yeah, um, for a movie or, or a series about like a super soldier, not enough super soldiering. Yeah uh all right uh well yuri natsume is voiced by her name is junko uh minagawa google autocorrected that or maybe i just spelled it wrong to junk (laughs) minagawa uh but junko minagawa is yuri natsume she is the voice of ryoma echizen in prince of tennis that's the fucking prince of tennis (laughs) if you don't know uh, she's also uh, Haruka Tenno, a.k.a. Sailor Uranus, uh, haha, in uh, Sailor Moon Crystal specifically, so the, the remake, uh, reboot. Um, she's also uh, Ren Kaido in Super Lovers, that's for me. Um, she's uh, Akira E. Ferrari in Aria, uh, also for me, and also for me, I guess. Um, uh, <laughs> Ryo uh, Kuroki in um, uh, Kira Kira Precure Alamode which is the show that got me into watching Precure yearly. Fun fact. It's like eight years ago now, which is wild. All right, which brings us to the last episode, which, wouldn't you know it, is called The Land of Hope, which is what Kanan is all about, uh, which is episode 13. Uh, the bomb on Mario's train goes off. Alfard thinks this will shut down Kanan, uh, but Kanan, or Kanan, uh, Kanan, the show's fucking me up. Uh, Kanan uh, fights back harder. 
Eventually, their fights, fight makes its way to the roof of the train, uh, where Conan tells Alfard uh, that she can sense that Maria is still alive and therefore hasn't lost her will to fight. She also realizes that Alfard has been living an empty life trying to get over her shit with Siam uh, and tries to save her rather than let her die when Alfard starts to fall off the train. Kanan's gun falls off the train too, and Alfard grabs it. But instead of shooting Kanan, she unloads the full clip into her arm with some of the worst editing I've ever seen, <laughs> uh, severing her arm and sending her uh, from the train and into the river below. Uh, Maria somehow managed to survive the bomb's detonation, thanks to Union. Uh, how Union was able to do this in 30 seconds is a complete mystery. <laughs> Uh, Maria wakes up in the hospital room with Minoru, uh, who explains, uh, uh, what went down and how he tried to contact Kanan, but was unsuccessful. Uh, Minoru also visits the karaoke bar one last time to reflect on how he thought Hako has a nice ass. Um, Maria and Minoru head back to Japan, but not after one last taxi drive with everyone's favorite fast driving taxi, uh, featuring a shitty song request on the radio from Union, uh, who's back to working 8,000 part-time jobs, I guess. Um, also, we see glimpses of Aldfard, who uh, managed to survive and now has one arm, uh, and Cummings, who has decided to become a Buddhist monk. Uh, as Maria's plane takes off, we see Kanan looking uh, at it through the scope of her sniper rifle atop the same building she was sniping balloons from in the first episode. Remember that? Um, so, again, this was also confusing in the first episode. Why was she sniping balloons? What was the point of that? <laughs> um... Anyway, in an epilogue, we, still, we see that Maria has created a photo exhibit around her photography from the, her time in Shanghai with the two portraits, uh, portrait shots uh, she took of Alfard and Kanan as its centerpiece. Uh, then in a post credit scene, uh, we see that literally nothing has changed for Kanan. She's still a gun for hire working for uh, the girl with glasses, uh, a.k.a. Yuri Natsume, a.k.a. Girl Boss, um, who reveals that her next mission will put her up against a certain one-armed woman. And the fact that this show ended with a potential tease for a second season is the most laughable thing in the show. Why, why, like, why do Kanan and Maria not have anything in the, together in this episode? Why does Kanan go back to being, like, a mercenary for hire? <laughs> I don't fucking know! No, God. You would think the end of the show would be like, God, I've, I've got to change my life. I'm going to move to Japan and move in with Maria and we're going to figure our shit out. Nope. Time, time to go back. This time I'm in Berlin, but I'm still a gun for hire. Stupid. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah. <laughs> like Nothing else I could say. Shout out, shout out to Minoru for again, having another one of these amazing, like unintentional lines where he's in the hospital room with Maria and they're talking about Kanan. It's like, oh, I wonder what happened to her. And he's like, we still don't know anything about her. And I'm like, yeah, dude, that's why this show fucking sucks. <laughs> It's also very funny for him to say it to Maria, who, like, this entire time is like, she's my best friend and I would do anything for her. But you don't know anything about her, really. It's like, okay, yeah. dude. Well, we, we played Cat's Cradle one time and now um, I owe a life debt to her. And, um, so. and what's the line that Kanan has? Uh, it's like, uh, all Japanese girls like uh, shopping, eating, and, and Cat's Cradle. <laughs> Cat's Cradle, yeah. Yeah. Uh, also, I was very confused because I was like, oh, Alfard is going to kill herself, but she shoots through her arm. I was like, damn, I would have just shot myself in the head. Like, Sokolov should have done that too. Uh, grind my Metal Gears. So they, they, they linger on it in a way where I'm like, okay, she's not going to shoot Kanan. Is she just going to shoot herself? And I'm like, like, fuck yes, let's go. Just shoot yourself in the head. But she shoots her arm. And it's, like, edited in a way where it, like, very quickly cuts between, like, 
her arm and her face, I think, like her facial reaction to shooting her arm. And I'm just like, did Doobie White edit this? <laughs> <laughs> what is going on? Um, also, like, Kanan, like, holds onto the arm for a really long time. I don't, I don't know. I just have in my notes, like, is, is Kanan going to keep that arm? <laughs> like, what are we doing? I did think about that where I was like, oh, she, um, like, because at first I was like, wait, did she, like, shoot through her arm? Because it has her, like, falling down. And then it cuts up to Kanan, and she's, like, just holding the arm now. It's like, oh, ah, ah. Right. And then she's, like, doing, like disappearing tricks in the airport at the end like we see we see alfard in the airport at the end in the epilogue and like as the crowd is passing by she's like disappearing and reappearing it's like what are we doing she's jason Bourne. jesus christ um, yeah like the whole her whole motivation just being like i'm fucked up about Siam, so I'm gonna do all the stuff I've done is like some of it makes sense and some of it doesn't and either way it's just like completely uncompelling so the fact that she doesn't just die at the end is like why keep her alive there's like nothing interesting about this character like even in a world where they somehow made a second season of this show why would you want the second season to be about her like just make it about something else because it's, it's the title of the of the show no no i don't mean canaan i mean alfard oh like, gotcha like like alfard not just dying at the end is like why and thematically <laughs> it's like oh i'm 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 passing along siam's ghost to you and then but then kanan rejects it and and chooses a life of peace with with uh with uh maria nope yeah literally nothing has changed for any character you know maria is still a photographer minoru's still an asshole uh yuri's still in charge like doing shadow government stuff kanan's uh still an assassin even though she got all fucked up about shooting people in the last episode mario kata is still a misogynist (laughs) nothing's changed (laughs) Um, and yeah, the, like there's even like, and I kind of like this of like uh, Alfard being like, oh, I bet I bet you're as fucked up over Siam as I am, and uh, like Kanan's like, no, actually, I've like I've made peace with it, and I I maybe didn't realize that until this whole thing with you, but like yeah, like I'm good with it, like it's fine, like he's it's all right, <laughs> um, stupid, and also like I I was willing to give the show the benefit of the doubt until the very end, um. But the realization while watching this final episode is like, oh, this show truly has nothing to say about like politics or terrorism or like humans or humans rights abuse. Like it's just firmly about like the like intercharacter stuff that was already like completely like borked from the beginning. <laughs> it's just like, wow, like just the words I have in my notes are literally, this may be a little bit harsh, but I, I said, this is artistically bankrupt mm. to me. <laughs> um, which is just like, I mean, I mean, it kind of is. It's like, ultimately, like, other than to make money and to put out a tie-in based on a popular game, like, what was the point of making the show? Like, what am I supposed to get out of it? Again, being kind of harsh, it feels like something an AI would pump out. Like, where it's like taking all these little points from all like the general super soldier genre but then like stringing it together with silly string kind of thing yeah uh, but then there's like that edge of mario kata just like putting in more badness into it like with the the misogyny and all that so um also i just wouldn't have killed siam if i was going to be so fucked up about it i just wouldn't have done it <laughs> i would have chosen not to betray him <laughs> yeah one one simple trick to save yourself from uh despair yeah I will say I I don't like it for the character, 
if it happened to some other character, uh, like Cummings becoming a monk is like, I like that kind of ending for a character where it's like, oh, like not someone as awful as Cummings, but if someone, ha- well, it wasn't that bad. And like they, they came across, if Union decided to be a monk at the end of it all, like, oh, okay, that's, that's cute, mm. I guess. But like, yeah, no, not, not Cummings. He did not deserve it. Yeah. I just, I just thought that was very funny. <laughs> like, like I, I didn't need an epilogue for that character period. And then for his epilogue to be like, and now I'm a monk. It was like, okay, dude. Whatever. Yeah. Cause I thought he was dead. <laughs> like up until that point, I was like, oh, he died when the factory collapsed, but nope. Also, uh said it before say it now i have a note saying wait uh, maria doesn't have like special powers because again like they did all these experiments on her or or i thought she, they had done experiments on her but she was exposed to the virus and everyone else who was exposed to the virus got powers but she didn't other than just like a can-do attitude i guess her uh superpower is taking slightly decent photos yeah they're in focus so it'll be good for her but um also uh, i think danielle uh, yesterday you had said like uh uh, uh she uh the reason they turned made her blonde for the anime is that uh you gotta sell how much of a bimbo she is i would say that they've de-bimbofied uh maria like by the end she's just like as boring as can be nothing you, you see it's good that she's head empty because that's how you um you know you you neutrally capture the world through your photos mm. you, you don't bring any ideology to it Mario Kata would probably say there's no ideology in her work. She probably would just be like, "Yeah, no, it's not political at all." You you kind of you kind of like implied it, but bears mentioning in the game Maria not a blonde. So for some reason they decide she's blonde, and I guess because it's anime and you can't just have normal hair. Like in the game, she's got like black hair. You can't just have normal black hair in in an anime. Also, Alfard looks like sicko uh, <laughs> Michael Sarah to me. I can't unsee it. <laughs> Yeah. Especially that first photo you shared of her like pointing the gun at somebody. I'm like, that's just Michael Sarah with like a eighties like <laughs> hair metal band wig. It's like Samurai Cop's <laughs> wig. Yes, yeah. It does look like like a like a fake eighties movie. I don't understand. Um I think if I if I were to ever play the game, it would be to see what the fuck mm-hmm. is up with Alfard in the game, because that just seems so fucking funny to me. Do we have any guesses as to how the fuck Union was able to save Maria? Because they just kind of gloss over that. It's like, oh, it's fine. Union ran back to the train and saved Maria. It's like, how? She got her to a hospital somehow. Even, even before that, just getting her off the um, the thing. Oh, because they, they do run. They got her to the hospital because uh, they ran into Minoru. Because remember, he wasn't on the train because the car was junked. Oh, yeah, because he's like, oh, I've got the car fixed. What's this? It's it's Union and Mario. Oh, my God, Mario needs to go to a hospital. Yeah. Thank God I fixed the car. But yeah, it, it wouldn't be as bad if they, they, they cut to the bomb. It's like 30 seconds. Like, oh, my God, it's going to be, you know, it's really close. If If Union runs now, she can make it. And then it cuts back to the bomb and it's like 15 seconds. It's like, oh, Union's really coming down to the wire. Seven seconds. And then Union starts going, and it's like, wait, and then it cuts, I think it's, I think it's down to like three seconds, and I'm like, there's no fucking way you jumped in through a window, picked up a lady, and then jumped out of the window enough to get away from a bomb in ten seconds. <laughs> Cinema Sins ding. Solid Snake could have done it. Mm, if, if, Ad- if, if Otacon was in there, yeah. Well, especially when Union's set up to be like this plain Jane lady. <laughs> Like, they make a point of saying, like, yeah, she doesn't have any special powers. Hey, she's honed her skills by working 10,000 part-time jobs. She was born to she, defuse a bomb. She was biking from Shanghai to Kashmir and or the Anqing 
autonomous region. Yeah, she was like, I guess she was like a Uber Eats like bike deliverer and just like has the most powerful legs imaginable. (laughs) Who needs synesthesia when you're when you're a wage slave? (laughs) She can also jump to the top of the building, but she didn't require any like special training from Siam. She's just built. Uh, Do we have anything to say about Minoru's send off? My note is literally just... I hate him so fucking much. My note is literally just, dude, can you please chill? It's the last episode. <laughs> Come on. Why do you have to be like, damn, I hate that 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 girl died. She had such a nice ass. Mario Kata on her way to write in sexism to a show and say nothing about it for no fucking reason. I need, I, I'm not going to play it, so I desperately need one of y'all to play the game and be like, actually, Minoru's like one of the best written characters I've read <laughs> in a video game in years, and I can't believe what I Mario Kata's I fucking done. be surprised, honestly. Yeah. Yeah, totally. <laughs> like you said, they, they're talking about one of the two properties, uh, and I imagine Minoru's better in one. The... I thought you were going to say about the um, he's call, he's like talking to like a, a, an editor or something about like the whole story. And they're like, oh, what is this? Some mm-hmm. kind of pulpy fiction. And I'm like, yeah, you should just write fiction. Like, just just be like a pulpy detective novelist, Minoru. Instead, he's like, I got to go t- think about some ass. Yeah, they set him up so well to have an ending where he goes like, yeah, fuck this journalist shit. I'm going to do something else. So to either have him be like, yeah, you know what? I'm just going to write a like a fictionalized novel about all the shit that happened to me in the show. Or like him taking over the karaoke bar in Shanghai. Like just anything like that would have been way more fitting of the character. Or or have him do like have him expose the truth. Have him not maybe go through oh, a sure. tabloid magazine, but it's like, "Oh, the truth got out there because of this documentary because I I took so many photos along the way and took rigorous notes or something like that." But instead, it's just like Oh yeah, my tabloid journal magazine aren't gonna print this story. Well, of course they're not. But yeah. also, a thing of uh, union send off real quick. She is back and working multiple jobs. Uh, we see her selling fruit, and there's a repeat of the gag mm-hmm. from the dumpling house, uh, where she has big bazoingers because uh, there's watermelons in there. Yep, which is important. Um, who else is still alive? Uh, Kanan's doing her thing. Yuri's doing her thing. Do we even see your? Oh, well, we see Yuri in the post-credit scene. Yeah, because apparently Kanan's still okay working for her. Which is it's so stupid. We glossed over this, but um, s- somewhere in like episode eight, nine, ten, we learned that Kanan knew the whole time that Yuri was not acting out of the interests she said she was working out of, mm-hmm. and was okay with it. Like what? <laughs> fuck it whatever (laughs) (laughs) but like it's just like wild to me that like none of these characters have any like moral or like material stakes in like the things they are like impacting on the world it's like kanan does not give a shit that yuri is just like doing what she's doing to like cover up for the cia and like gain political favor and seemingly are okay with working actively against themselves whenever they kind of feel like it like she knows that Yuri at some point is going to view her as a loose end. Like that's what happened with Siam. They literally already tried to do it once with her. Like, but for some reason, cause yeah, I'm trying to think of like why she's still working. Like, Oh, she knows that this threat is still out there or she's working to stop this, but no, she's literally just like, fuck it. I I need something to do during my day when I'm playing cat's cradle and I got to kill people. (laughs) Like maybe because the the post credit scene feels so much like a uh, set up for if we somehow get a second season of the show made, which is 
laughable. <laughs> um, but it's like maybe you're meant to, maybe you as the audience are meant to be like, hey, why is she still working for Yuri? And that's supposed to be like the intrigue for a second season. But I wouldn't trust them to do anything interesting with that. Um, I feel like I had something else along those lines. Um, shit. Oh, uh, <laughs> I guess um, the thing I it made me think of thinking about like the show getting a second season is what if it didn't get a second season, but what if it got the Eden of the East treatment? Oh, okay. or got like two follow up movies. Oh, Jesus Christ. And you go like, well, surely they'll do something more interesting in the movies <laughs> and you get the opposite. And then you watch them um, in reverse order. <laughs> yeah, and then you watch them in reverse order and nothing changes because none of it matters, uh, except for the fact that uh, I again my brain is poisoned uh go back an hour to what i was talking about attack of the clones and the droid factory but i cannot in my mind separate the first eden of the east movie with uh the john woo nicholas cage john travolta starring movie face off <laughs> because both of those have scenes where a sniper tries to snipe somebody on a carousel and i was oh. like oh yeah the Eden of the east movies that's the one that has the face off scene in it. um which is a great movie uh but um, it's not the podcast for that. My literal last note about this is like, man, Mario Kart is a fucking hack. <laughs> uh, which is my note about the uh, the post credit scene. I fundamentally do not understand why she's so beloved as a writer. Like, I understand why people like Bebop and a lot of the other shows we shit on, but I don't. I don't get it. I, I just don't get it. <laughs> Should I do a um a read through of the shows she has a uh, series composition credits on? Because I don't think I've done a full one of those. I've just mentioned some specifically. Maybe there'll be something that stands out. Uh, so she's got Sasami Magical Girls Club, uh, Venus to Mamoru. I don't know what that show is. Um, Sketchbook Full Colors, uh, uh Hell Girl, uh, True Tears, Vampire Night, uh, Toradora. Black Butler, uh, Kyokara Mao, third series, uh, Kanan, The Book of Bantora, oh, which I've heard similarly, like, bad but entertaining things about that show, uh, which she did right after Kanan, uh, Darker Than Black, Gemini of the Meteor, uh, Black Butler 2, um, Otome Yokai Sakuro, uh, Maiden Spirit Sakuro, uh, Gossick, uh, totally forgot about that show. Um, Fractal, Wandering Sun, uh, Anohana, oh, the fuck that show. Uh, Anohava, Anohana, the flower we saw that day. Uh, Hanasaku Iroha, um, Aquarian Evol, uh, Black Rock Shooter, um, Lupin the Third, the woman called Fujiko Media, which I'm so curious to watch now because I, you know, I'm big Lupin the Third fan, but I've never watched that and. Um, I hear so many mixed things about that show. Like some people love it. Some people hate it. Um, and knowing what I know about Mario Kata now, I'm like, I'm imagining that just being the most misogynistic loop on the third thing imaginable, which is saying something. Um, <laughs> uh, she did the uh, AKB 48 um, anime, uh, Blade of Tempest, uh, the pet girl, uh, Sakurazo, uh, AKB 48, Next Stage, uh, Naki no Asakura, um, Wick Ross, which we've watched, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, M3, The Dark Metal. Uh, Gourmet Girl Graffiti. I've only seen a few episodes, but I liked it. But that's a cute girls doing cute things show. It's... Well, so is this. A lot different. <laughs> eh. <laughs> eh. Are the girls that cute? No. 
Uh, I totally, I always forget that she wrote this. Uh, she has series composition credit on Mobile Suit Gundam, Iron Blood and Orphans. Well, yeah, she's a misogynist um, writing Gundam. Oh, a shocker. Mm, <laughs> that's another show that I know some people love that show. Some people hate it. I've only seen a handful of episodes. This was before I started watching Gundam in chronological order. So I will get to that eventually uh, once I finish stalling out on Gundam at the moment. Uh, she wrote Kisniver, which is a show I have watched, which I think sucks. Uh, she wrote The Lost Village, um, which I have on my list to pick for the show because it is one of the worst shows I've ever watched, but in a funny way. <laughs> um, like, so bad it's good kind of anime. Uh, then she wrote um, uh, Dragon Pilot, Hisune, and Masatan, which I have seen. I think it's great. Uh, was, like, prepared for the worst when I watched that show because of Mario Kata and, like, genuinely liked it. Then, um, Oh Maidens in Your Savage Season, which is based off a manga she wrote and is about like basically like young girls like growing into like uh like uh puberty and like thinking about sex and stuff which like in a broad sense Horrifying. i could see being an interesting show but knowing it's coming from her yeah i'm like terrified to ever watch that then uh oni thunder god's tale which i don't know anything about um, and then I guess like the most notable thing is like she has written and directed uh, two uh, anime films now. Um, first one was uh, Mikia When the Promised Flower Blooms, uh, which I haven't seen. And then a uh, new one that I think is out in Japan, but not uh, internationally, which is Alice. Uh, I don't know. There's, oh, Alice and Therese's Illusory Factory, uh, which she directed and wrote. Um, so some of those are shows that I have heard good things about, and many of those are shows that I have not or have just not heard anything about. Um, but very weird creator, and this was a very bad show that she worked on. <laughs> and I would say, like, most of my problems with the show do stem from the writing. Like, it's not very well executed, but, like, with what you're working with, it doesn't really matter <laughs> how it's executed. Yeah, and it's it's interesting in that it's like such a train wreck, but I wouldn't say it's like interesting enough to warrant a wash. No, watch. there's a yeah, there's better bad anime. Yes, like The Lost Village, <laughs> which she also wrote, <laughs> which like I said, I will. It's been on my list very early on to pick for the show. It's like a break glass and emergency of like we need to watch something bad that'll be fun to talk <laughs> about. Um, so maybe not after watching this one, but down the road. Um, well, I got one more voice actor. Um, the taxi driver saved the best for last in terms of characters. He's voiced by uh, Joji Nakata, uh, who is Alucard in Helsing. Uh, he is uh, Kirei Kotamine in Fate Stay Night. I don't know who that is. Danielle, <laughs> do you? Uh, he's the evil uh, Catholic priest dude that everybody loves. I assume that's like multiple characters. I assume there are multiple evil Catholic priests. Um, he is, uh, the Count of Monte Cristo in, uh, Gatsuo, uh, the Count of Monte Cristo, uh, the like, I've been meaning to watch the show for forever. It's like a weird, like sci-fi fantasy take on the Count of Monte Cristo. And I love the Count of Monte Cristo. Um, so shout out to him for being in that. And then he is also, uh, Giro in Sergeant Frog, which is great. Love that. All right. That was Kanan. That was, that was the experiment that was Kanan. <laughs> I'm glad we did it personally. Um, it was not yeah. like a good show, but it was, again, it was fun to talk about. I mean, I came into this recording thinking it was going to be, I mean, this little bit, we, we had breaks and, and such, but like, uh, I was not expecting it to be a two and a half hour discussion about it. So <laughs> apparently there's enough, there's enough meat on these bones, that, but the meat's starting to rot. Yep. Uh, Danielle, any final thoughts? 
this feels like one of those things that's like, ah, well, uh, the suits say they want to tie into our popular game, and they just fucking shit something out that's not worth anything. Yeah, it does have that, that energy to it. Don't watch the show. No. <laughs> Maybe play the game? I don't know. If you're going to play a game, I've got some other recommendations I'll get into in a minute. Um, but, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, with, I'm with you, Danny. Like, I ended up, like, I think at a certain point, maybe, like, four or five episodes in, my, like, illusions broke with the show, and I was just like, all right, like, this is, this is trash. Let's have a good trashy time, and um, I didn't have a bad time watching the last uh, six episodes of it. I definitely had a fun time writing the episode descriptions and being like, wait, that really happened? Um, and also, like, I think I said this last time, but, like, I don't know when I would have ever watched the show on my own volition, so this is why this podcast is great, because it gets me to go outside of my comfort zones and watch stuff that literally nobody is talk about which i think is great <laughs> that that we get to fill that niche of people who are podcasting about canaan mm-hmm. um and if i guess you're one of the few people that watched the show when it aired and liked it i'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> um but also write in <laughs> part of me is like oh revisit it and see if your opinions are changed or just don't watch it <laughs> yeah and write in tell us why you like the show <laughs> i'd be very curious to know um all right uh well, now's the time for the uh, anime uh, watched segment, where we talk about what other anime we're watching, which is mostly just the anime Janai segment, where we talk about the non-anime stuff we've been uh, digging into. Uh, Danielle, do you want to go first? Um, I haven't been watching much besides my seasonals, but I have been reading a few web novels. I Sorry, not web novels, light novels. Mm. Um finished the third volume of Hikikomari, excited to see that adaptation, which is going on the season. And I finished volumes three and four of Other Side Picnic, and I honestly kind of fucking love those. Um, it's a shame that it, I don't think the series is ever going to get, like, a uh, <laughs> good adaptation, but I really love the novels. Uh, go check those out if you were, like, I, I guess, like, intrigued. By the premise of the anime because it's really worth going to the novels if you thought the anime was a bit lacking that's me you're speaking to me directly <laughs> that's good to hear that the novels are cool because that was definitely my impression of watching the six or seven episodes of the anime that i did watch it's like i bet the books are better <laughs> yeah and like my least favorite part is the shit and where they have to deal with the american military because that just kind of is some tactical shit which sucks but uh there's a bit of it in the first volume and the second volume and then it's Hmm. it's gone and it's much better but that's like three four episodes of the of the anime i think that's literally where i stopped was like in the middle of that i was like i'm done i don't need to watch this that part sucks i i know a few people have been like burnt have like given up on the series there and i cannot blame them but i will say it really does come into its own afterwards nice uh danny what about you um, so I've not been watching any anime, um, but then I have been reading the ping pong manga, uh, having fun with it, yes. uh, though it does, you know, it's just an interesting experience watching something that like the animation of ping pong, the animation is such an important part of the show, uh, mm-hmm. and seeing it kind of in a different way is, is really interesting. Um, you know, very different experience. So having fun with that. Uh, it's two volumes that are kind of thick, so making my way. Um, I have been playing Yakuza 6, The Song of Life, having a good time with that um, in preparation for Yakuza Gaiden, 
the man who sold or like a dragon gaiden the man who sold his name Uh uh-huh excited to play that as well um you know i i don't know if i'll have the self-control to hold off on it once it comes out versus like finishing six then playing it um but or actually i mean i guess the better thing to do would be finish six replay seven play it and then by the time i'm done with that basically play eight all in a row um i don't know that i have that kind of self-control i kind of want to get to the more recent stuff first but uh, we'll mm-hmm. see how all that goes. Anyway, having a good time with it uh, and having a, a good time with all the games I'm playing recently, uh, such as Blasphemous 2, a.k.a. Blast Penis Poo. Um, <laughs> if you look at my Twitter, I think I've played through Blasphemous 1 twice, and both times that I've played it, without thinking about the fact that I've already done it <laughs> once, I have tweeted, Blasphemous, more like Blast Penis. It is, it is in my, it is, it is Bunny 2, the sequel to Bunny. It is everything in my being to say Blast Penis. So, um, (laughs) so having a good time with that, I'm nearing the end of, of the sequel. Uh, and, and yeah, um, I don't play that many Metroidvanias. I've never played a Metroid game. I've never played a Castlevania game, but I really like this game. Uh, so it makes me want to play those games too. But anyway, uh, that's, that's been me. Nice. Yeah, I've heard good things about uh, Blast Penis Two, um, and and Blast Penis One, um, so that's cool. Um, okay, uh, I don't have any anime. It's all anime Janai. Um, I started watching uh, Pokesume, uh, which the English title is "Stuff Your Pocket with Adventure." Um, they made a drama about Pokemon, but it's like set in the real world, not in the Pokemon world. Um, about a like young adult or not young like a adult who's young like a like a mid-20s uh adult woman who has moved out on her own for the first time has gotten a job at an ad agency and is like kind of like struggling with like her work life um and uh because she's recently moved out her mother ships her a box of her childhood things and in it is her old game boy uh with her copy of pokemon red and she starts replaying Pokemon Red and, like, through the game, like, thinks about how to navigate her adult work life. Um, it's very much, I, I, I chosted about this, uh, it's very much, like, about nostalgia for, like, original Pokemon in a very, like, um, obvious way. So if that's, like, a turnoff for you, I know some people are, like, you know, a, a, averse to stuff that really leans on nostalgia but i'm like a mark for nostalgia for pokemon because i am nostalgic for pokemon um but it's like even abstracted from that is just a really good show about like navigating through your adult life by reconnecting with your childhood and that just happens to be done through pokemon um i've only watched the first episode so far but was like really impressed by it i thought it was really good um also it's got uh aya hirano um who we've uh covered in the uh, show before um who has she been in the show is the question um oh yeah she's a, a konata in lucky star oh, okay. um, and i think she was somebody in space dandy oh yeah she was the coffee maker in space dandy um but she's in it like as a live action performance because she's also a, a screen actor um but it's good if you if you like pokemon i would highly recommend it um some stuff uh who subs the um pokemon anime is something it as well um so you can watch it that way. Um, but just watched the first episode a couple of days ago and was like surprised how much I liked it. Also, I think it's really well directed um, in general. I really like the, the cinematography 
um but um and also the music's very good it's got a lot of reorchestrations of like um pokemon themes like there's like a cool jazz version of the pokemon center theme which is my favorite bits of pokemon music and so to have that as like a cool jazz version is awesome uh if they ever released it as a soundtrack i would love to have that um and then my big thing is uh alan wake 2 came out (laughs) and i'm one of those freaks that has spent the last 13 years waiting for a sequel to alan wake uh, and they fucking delivered, and it's great. I'm taking my time with it, but I'm extremely enjoying it so far. I think if you've um, checked out anything Remedy has done in like the last 15 years and have enjoyed it, like you will love it. Um, even if you've never played the original Alan Wake, if you played Control or Quantum Break um, and like those, like the, this game is it. It's the shit. Uh, the Nobody makes games like Remedy does, um, in my opinion, and that's just like so exciting to have a new Remedy game and it also be a Alan Wake sequel. And it's very weird. It really like you could play it without having played any of their other games, which is very rewarding to have been like a big fan of Remedy's games for the last ten years and to play this new one because there's all sorts of little things in it that's like, oh hey, that's fucking weird. Why is that in here? Um, but it's great. I feel like I don't play as much video games these days anymore. So for me to like really get into a game like that is, is fun. So uh, I am enjoying the hell out of that. And I will definitely check back in when I finish it. Um, but I recently replayed the first Alan Wake. And so I was just like primed and ready for this. Um, but it's good. It's very good. Um, and yeah, that's it. I'm, I'm still watching all the uh, currently airing anime stuff I've already talked about. Um, I guess I have two small things to mention about the anime I've been watching, which is um, the more I watch of the new Uma Musume season, the more I'm won over. I know I've voiced my complaints about like, like, damn, I hate that this season isn't about Tokai Teo. I fucking love Tokai Teo. Um, but um, I'm, I'm more won over on the main character now, like five episodes in. Yeah, I remember you saying something, me saying it was like fantastic and you were like, uh, I don't know. It still has a lot to live up to because like season two is fantastic. And so far, I think season three is is good. Um, but I my, my big reservation from the jump was like, why do I care about uh, Kitasan Black? She's not Tokai Teo. Who gives a shit? Um, but I'm, I'm a little bit more won over. I think episode four in particular was really good. Um, and then um, I'm uh, watching more uh, Free Ren, which is like my uh, big, big... Uh, break out the season for me of like kind of watched it just off of how much good word of mouth the manga had and i've been really enjoying it i will say a couple of the i've watched the episode that just aired uh which is episode nine um but there's some stuff in episode seven and eight about the world building around demons in that show and i'm like okay this is maybe the one thing i'm not into in the show that just like oh demons are just like uncategorically evil there's no if ands or buts about it there's no wiggle room they're just un unrepentedly evil even if they seem otherwise like okay that's one way to take that in a show that's otherwise like fairly grounded and like sincere and um uh introspective but um we'll see how that goes i guess i think there's still room for them to do something interesting with it i'm personally fine with it having have read a lot of the manga because it's just i prefer a show doing that than one that to like pretend there was any kind of substance to the humans versus demons and then not do anything with it that's fair. I guess when episode seven started, I thought there was going to be some purposeful ambiguity about like, like, oh, are the demons really all that evil? Or have we just been like fighting a forever war off of like complete like cultural misunderstandings? And it's like, nope, nope, they're, they are just evil. And it's like, okay, that's like the easier solution to things, but it's less interesting to me. 
um, for them to just be like uncategorically evil, like we're playing like D and D or some shit. Um, but I guess that's where it all comes from. So fair enough. But I'm still enjoying that. It's still like my enjoyment of the show is largely off of how well it's made. I think it's just like, especially in contrast to Kanan, just like exceptionally well made from like a production standpoint. Speaking of that, I saw like so many of the mal reviews on Kanan being like, "Wow, the show looks great," and I'm like, "What the uh, fuck was going on in 2009?" Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Did people think uh, you know the East looked great at the time? Who could say? All right, uh, but that's it for me. Um, speaking of anime Janai. Uh, that is the theme for our next episode. We're, we are due for another um, one-off episode. Uh, so we're going to do another show and tell. And uh, uh, the theme is going to be Anime Janai, which I realize we say so much <laughs> and have not ever, like, said. Um, but, like, obviously that means, like, it's not anime. Um, I have stolen it both from, uh, they, they say that a lot on um, Great Gundam Project, but also that's the opening the first opening for uh, double zeta gundam because the the opening theme song for double zeta gundam is like hey what you're about to watch is not anime this is a fucking documentary fucking get with it uh, <laughs> and obviously that's like a joke like the beginning of double zeta is way lighter in tone than um, zeta gundam is but it's it's all good fun which means danny when you ep- edit the next episode you have to put the double zeta oh well, of course the, um, yeah. by law <laughs> uh, yes but that's our plan to do a anime Janai uh, show and tell where we are going to do our normal show and tell style episode, but purposely pick things that aren't anime. Uh, I, w- I will not reveal anything right now, but you can obviously expect me to pick some tokusatsu. I'm pretty sure Danielle is going to pick a visual novel. Uh, who knows? Maybe Danny will pick a video game. That's not anime. Uh, or a book. Uh, I'm just trying to think of things that aren't anime. Uh, uh, an album. A f- make us listen to music a friend a friend um but uh but uh as is a tradition with the show and tells you'll have to uh listen to find out what we uh we show and telled with each other or just read the episode description. that's true, that's true. Um, i still don't even know what i'm picking but i'll pick that soon um but yeah that'll be next time also i guess um uh production update uh uh our um uh japanese correspondent danny is about to uh, travel to Japan solely for correspondence for this podcast. Of course, I'm I'm um, gonna no other reason walk into bars and go, damn, she had such a nice ass, and then go back to being a journalist. <laughs> all, all the bar patrons be like, ah, nice Canaan reference. Yeah, <laughs> um, but that means we are gonna be taking a bit of a production break, uh, which will be nice to have a bit of a break. Uh, if you if you listen along, maybe that'll your chance to get caught up on previous episodes uh but that means um we're gonna take a pretty lengthy break uh my according to my calendar you will hear this episode on the 15th we of november um next episode won't be out until the 27th of december so our show and tell will be just in time for the christmas season uh maybe i will pick some christmas themed tokusatsu episodes who could say well uh, we're gonna watch the uh, christmas Exedra yes again. god fucking Exedra. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll we'll be at a uh, a number that is a present to all of us. It'll be a very nice episode, is all I will yeah. say. Um, but yeah, so uh, enjoy the break. We will enjoy the break. Danny will uh, report back from Japan uh, with all the exciting Canaan uh, correspondence <laughs> <laughs> that we, we are expecting. <laughs> Uh, because so much of Kanan takes place if, if we really wanted to like we should like prepare a like okay here's all the Japanese lo- or like Japan or locations in Japan you have to visit that we've covered in the show 
you know, like you've got to go to Shibuya Crossing for Shibuya Scramble. I don't know where in Japan did um, Eden of the East take place. I mean, if you go to Kyoto, that's basically every Yuasa. Yeah. Covered. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, so uh, uh, look for us again in a month. Uh, we will uh, have a stay of absence, but we will not be gone for forever. Uh, all right. Uh, well, I've been your host, Austin. You can find me on co-host at Chai. Uh, you can find the podcast on Twitter and on co-host at Under the Kotatsu. You can email us questions at underthekotatsu.anime at gmail.com or ask us directly on co-host. You can find me and Danny's sister podcast that we have (laughs) talked around a lot these last two episodes, uh, which is Grind My Metal Gears, where we are playing the uh, Metal Gear Solid series. Um, I think by the time this comes out, we will be about to start MGS4, which I have just started playing the other day. Uh, I'm very excited, so hopefully everyone else is as well. Uh, Danny, where can people find you? Um, you can, I guess, find me at Cover Me in Sauce with dashes between each word on co-host. And Danielle, where can people find you? I am Yuri Bunny on Tumblr and Blue Sky and Bunny2, the sequel to Bunny, on co-host. Nice. All right. Uh, well, until next time, Danielle, take us out of here. Be crimes, do gay, and somebody please stop Mario Kata. Please. (laughs)